What's this? Drought and food shortages? Musk getting Twitter? And some introspective forgiveness. Broad topics we're covering today on Saints and Savages, where we express the duality that each person has. Joining with me uh, is my co-host, first and foremost, the man whose head of hair migrated to his chinny-chin-chin, Brian! He is impressed. Hey. Good? <laughs> Get a spoon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and for my other co-host, who probably brought receipts, the vegetarian with his own gravitational pull, mm-mm-mm, delicious Mike. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I am vegetarian, for those of you who don't know. Thank you, Blake. You ratted me out. <laughs> <laughs> you outed him on you out of me. YouTube. I'm, I am I am a out of the closet vegetarian and How dare you? How dare you, sir? Ron Swanson would be completely disappointed. In you, right? <laughs> I know it's like the greatest disappointment <laughs> in my life. It's not even like my family you're, you're and friends. It's, it's, it's like you got to tell your family you're like, "Oh, I'm, I'm a vegetarian. vegetarian." Your family's like, <gasps> "No." Yeah, it's not even it's not even my family and friends. It's Ron Swanson. It is. I, I mean, at least you're healthy, right? Oh yeah. I right? Guess. I guess. Your, your mom thinks it's just fake. Yeah. At least, uh, you know what I want to do? I want to go freaking vegan. That's what I want to do. Oh, God. Like the other one. Mike, like, gets into the basement and he finds a hamburger. He's like, I'm just going to eat this real quick when no one's watching. Hey, look, I got him to eat bacon. Hey, hey, I did. I am able to eat bacon as of last year. That's, and that's and for uh, breaking news for everybody, I have had a pepperoni mm. on pizza. No itches? And hey. I had I had a pretty fierce itch the first time. Uh, um, but then after that, started yeah. getting better because I kept eating it. So, so no, um, Peterson's daughter's carnivore diet for you, huh? No, unfortunately, man. I mean, I, I wish, I really wish I could. And I mean, we can go into later why I don't eat meat, but it's not a, it's not a, it's not a philosophical choice. Yeah. Like I'm not averse to hunting, <laughs> killing things <laughs> at all, at all. <laughs> A license to hunt. Yeah. I mean, we'll be talking about some certain licenses later on um, that'll shock a lot of you guys. So stay tuned for that. But uh, what, do you, what do you guys say we uh, jump into it? Absolutely. Yeah? First thing is the, uh, uh, oh, no, I'll let you take uh, care of tech. All right. No worries. All right. So for uh, today's tech segment, segment we have, uh, obviously, if you guys have been following the news, uh, Twitter has been uh, shaken up lately by the one and only... African American. You took my joke, you. Oh, you did you get a you bastard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you guys haven't been seeing that uh, joke lately, it's like uh, libs are furious over uh, African American yeah. uh, owning Twitter now. <laughs> yeah. Dang it. So, all right, well, well, we'll pretend that didn't happen. You can say it later. But uh, yeah, why don't we jump into uh, this article really quick here? Um, and it is. I think like I it's from uh, the Daily Wire. So for all of our good friends at the Daily Wire, Elon Musk is putting his money where his mouth is. Sure. Oh, Elon Musk is putting his money where your mouth is. <laughs> Even better. Whoa. I mean, that kind of sounds a little bit uh, mm, delicious. Sure. You know, <laughs> like you need to bring a spoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> if uh, freedom of speech is taken away, the dumb and silent, we may be led. 
like sheep to the slaughter. I don't know what Elon Musk is thinking now that he's bought 9% of Twitter, but his but this quote from George Washington deserves Musk's attention and his action. For the sake of America's future, he needs to shake up the social media company until it and all the big tech once again respect the freedom of speech. Twitter has never done well by the First Amendment. The company has a long and terrible track record of censoring people. All the way up to the former president of the United States, the company seems to have a special dislike uh, for those who hold American ideals and, and believe in timeless principles and tradition, traditional morality. If you say something that goes against the worldview of techies who make Twitter's algorithm, be prepared to be silenced and possibly banned. This also includes satire, poking lightheartedness, fun at cultural elites is not even accepted anymore. What do you guys think about this? You know, what do you guys think of uh, Elon? I mean, I think a lot of people don't even really consider him a conservative, but he's a he's a big like you know, I guess the First Amendment uh, advocate. Yeah, from what I hear, I mean, he's, you know, people keep using the term libertarian. I don't know if I'd use that term for him, but who knows? I don't think you can really pigeonhole him, but, I mean, he's a big global warming guy, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. he, he really wants to get off planet Earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's true, though. He wants you to know, terraform. Yeah, which, it, that's okay. Um, hey, But, you know, I feel like he's a different type of uh, global warmist, right? Like, um advocate i think he's uh he's a more practical one right like he's like he understands that it's happening but at the same time he's like we're not going to shut off all oil like immediately because that'd be stupid in fact you need to be drilling you need to be drilling (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, and we're talking about oil not other things yeah but with twitter yeah it's like i uh one thing is like when i finally heard this i was thinking i was like you know what it's like those stories you hear about people when they got drunk and then they they realize it's like what the hell did i buy on amazon it's like did he wake up and i was like did i buy twitter did I get drunk and buy Twitter? <laughs> he probably got high. Yeah. yeah, he's smoking a massive blunt like on Joe Rogan and just, just, just decided to. Just, he's like, screw it, I'm going to buy Twitter. Yeah. I just hope the pendulum doesn't swing the other way. You know, he, he has said a lot of insightful things and he's a very smart guy. But uh, I feel at times he can be a little full of himself and think that he has expertise in areas that he does not have expertise in. But hey, man, you got to give him some credit, though. Like, he knew nothing about, like, mechanical engineering or, like, engineering, like, aerospace engineering. He taught them, he, he taught himself all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. And that's how he, like, built SpaceX, like, rockets, right? So, I mean, the, the dude is smart. There's, there's no denying that. Does he have, like, a certain weird preferences for, like, especially women or, you know, other stuff, yeah. Naming kids, yeah. Oh, naming God. kids, yeah. Gosh, I still don't know how to pronounce. That. I don't even. I'm just like it's like a password a... for a computer. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, well, I'll, I will say this: that uh, now that he has bought Twitter, I will continue not having a Twitter account. Good. <laughs> yeah. For those those of you guys watching, um, a lot of other channels will pull up tweets and stuff. Um, we do not because <laughs> we hate Twitter, <laughs> and we'd be banned immediately. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I, I didn't have a Twitter at one point in time. I never used it. But. I I have a Twitter and I follow three people, and I think I checked it back in 2018. It was the last time I checked it. Yeah, I mean, I just I never got into Twitter or anything like that. You know, it's, it's just, just it's just a crap flinging contest. It's it all really it is. is. You just go in there just to burn people, just to go in there and make a fool out of yourself and. And I think Twitter is probably highly responsible for a lot of these uh, teens who are contemplating suicide, who have this low self-esteem of themselves. We look at young girls right now. I mean, their self-esteem levels are like absolutely through the floor, you know, um, whether it's from Instagram or from Twitter. But, you know, I I think that 
you know, I, I can hope that that maybe he turns Twitter around. I don't I don't necessarily think he will, but maybe he might open the door a little bit for a little bit more open open dialogue and debate and not sitting there censoring everybody, which would be cool, you know. Um, but I, I don't I don't have hope. It's it's interesting because even even though like the news just broke that he owns almost ten percent of Twitter, you know, more than BlackRock and Vanguard, um, he was actually just appointed to the board yeah. of Twitter. So it's like you know, they he just he you know, just walked in and just slapped his dick on the table and just like <laughs> I, he's like Angwar or, or Angmar or whatever the dude's name is. He's like, this is long I want to be on the I want to be on the board. Yeah, he's like he's like who's this scruffy bearded nose pierced hippie <laughs> sitting in my chair? It's Jack Dorsey. Oh, <laughs> yeah, get out of my chair. You look well, homeless. Jack Dorsey's even there anymore. He's not. Oh, no, no, no. The CR. This, he got pushed out when they restructured because they wanted to. They want to do more, like more uh, subscription based stuff. Apparently, yeah. and the new CEO is like some some dude Angwar or something. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, well, I did hear that Jack doesn't. I mean, um, um, Elon does not like the CEO, current CEO. Yeah. But I also have heard some something. I, th- I think uh, Ben Shapiro was talking about. Um, Jack Dorsey, where he was saying, it's like, yeah, you know, I think all the censorship is, you know, I'm, I'm to blame for that. It's like, yeah, no crap, idiot. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? Now, now that you're on the outs and now that you're not in Twitter anymore, you, you know, it's like, well, you know, I'm going to bear all my sins now. It's like, mm-hmm. thanks. You know? I, I'm curious what other standards he's going to prove. Is it just like, hey, we can't censor or ban anyone, or is he going to have additional standards or changes? Like, how do you... Uh, change your Twitter policy in such a way to advocate for more discussions and more decourse in Twitter. Well, it's interesting because he was he was uh, putting out like tweets, you know, poll like he put out a poll saying like, "Hey, how many of you guys think like that Twitter is like the like the what is it the public public forum of of the world now?" And like, how many of you guys think it's being censored right on yeah. to a certain side? And like, thirty percent of people were like, "No, it's not." It's like it's okay, it's great, and then like the rest of the rest is like you know, obviously against that. But he's like, vote carefully; this will have consequences. And then that's when he he uh, disclosed that obviously he bought ten percent of Twitter and almost ten percent. Um, so it's interesting, man. I, I I do I do definitely think that he might shake things up a little bit. I don't really have faith because I'm just being I'm a total you know just pessimist on things like this. But even if he like throws a wrench in it for a little bit or does a little bit of whatever blowing it up then who cares what if he just trolls it like he just he just he buys it you're already seeing the stock go up yeah. he just talks it up and everybody starts buying it and then he just dumps the shares and just throws well it now that now that he owns it imagine if he just like starts putting all these all these tweets that would immediately have gone people banned and he can't get banned because he's like the majority owner what, what can brown just, do for you he nothing. just starts he just starts retweeting trump like all yeah. his old tweets <laughs> he, he just like hey trump just send me the tweets you want <laughs> Quote from Trump, and then just post like all the tweets. That'd be freaking hilarious, man. That would be, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I don't have hope for it, but it, it would be interesting because you know, one, he's got, he, he owns Tesla. He has a Starlink, you know. So mm-hmm. imagine, you know, his SpaceX, he yeah. has the Boring Company. Like he has a lot of things. Well, you, you know, well, the censorship isn't just, you know, here in the United States. It's all over the world when it comes to these things. And what if he just sits there and says, you know, screw all of you guys. We're not going to censor Twitter. Anybody can use it in any country, you know, using, you know, use, use of Starlink, whatever it may be. I mean, that could be a, that could be a big thing, you know. Um, I, I don't necessarily know how it would fit in with his Tesla, you know, whether or not having a Twitter in a Tesla would be beneficial. Yeah, that's what they're saying, man, that, that he's uh, planning to try to put, like, Twitter in Teslas and that what, way they can't get rid of, uh, you what, know. What would you do with that, though? That's what I don't understand. Twitter while you're driving. This is my location, lols. I don't. 
agree with but that. You could start mean tweeting people as you're driving by. I'm get out of the way, idiot. <laughs> yeah, find a Twitter account of the guy next to me and send him a mean tweet. You cut me off, asshole. Give him a thumbs down, you know. <laughs> get a spoon. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see what he does. I mean, we'll, we'll see what this quarter brings for Twitter, man, but. I think I mean the the stock went up like what is it like twenty five points or something yeah, ever I since he that. yeah he got on so Twitter it and it was it was tanking before it was like that, thirty dollars a share wasn't it yeah I mean it had been tanking since like Jack Dorsey got fired and then just Twitter sucked and everybody was hating it because they were I mean, censoring it, everybody I mean they give it so much credit but actually from what I understand Twitter actually doesn't have that many people on it so it really doesn't have that much it, of an influence it is Facebook the, or Instagram yeah yeah it's not the social media profile choice TikTok is the big one now. Yeah. Everyone does everything. I mean, don't even get us started on that one right now, man. That thing is freaking brainwashing, brainwashing to the max on on the youth of the, of today, man. And it provides facial training data to China. Oh yeah, like yeah. facial recognition, all of that is being sent to China through TikTok. Absolutely. Did Trump talk, like block TikTok for a little bit? Was he he actually he banned him. He he no, he did ban him. I think for like a, was it like a week or something? Uh-huh. And then after that, I forgot what happened. Like the courts like unblocked it or something like that. right he could not get it passed uh to like hey china's using this as malicious software let's get rid of it and people are like no and then oddly enough parlor gets shut down rather quickly anyway um it's and crazy it's true yeah. Yeah. it's amazing wrong. yeah do you guys do you guys remember that when parlor just immediately got shut down from aws from amazon yeah, yeah. like amazon just literally just flipped a switch and they're like nope yeah. <laughs> It's crazy how we can have intelligence that one app is bad, providing data for people that you probably don't want to be using. This other one is just a platform people want to say what they want to say. That one people keep. The other one they shut down instantly. It's crazy. But China has crazy advanced facial recognition software. Their police officers have glasses that can recognize their citizens, and it pulls up their like social security, their credit report, and all the crimes they've done. It's bizarre. It's big brother um society well i mean during the height of the pandemic when it started they had drones flying around and like tracking to see if people were leaving their homes and if they did like the drone would fly down and be like return to your home or you would be arrested yeah you know it's like what the what (laughs) where's my pizza that i ordered (laughs) (laughs) this isn't the pizza i asked for did you hear about the drone delivery service in Australia? People are shooting the drones down to steal pizzas. Yeah, I mean, I think the future will be drone delivery, definitely. And there will be, like, highway corridors up in the air, and drones will just be using that to deliver, and they'll be able to, like, drop down towards street level and then deliver stuff. But be. Well, I'm all about the self-driving cars. Like, like, yeah. that, like, you know, I'm not into the whole global warming thing, you know, but I understand uh, – um, I understand Musk's, you know, perspective on this. Okay, that's fine, you know. Uh, but I do love his idea of cars, you know, self-driving. I am not a fan of driving. Um, like, <laughs> I, I want a big old diesel, you know, truck. I love those things. They're amazing, and I want one. Bad. Um, but I still think that a self-driving vehicle, especially when you have to drive halfway across the country or all the way across the country, and just turn that thing on, you know, you can sit there and you can have a conversation. Yeah. You can watch record a podcast. Yeah. Once, once, once that gets, gets, you know, going, I think that's going to be a great idea. And then the whole, the whole thing with, uh, with trucks too, with freight, yeah. you know, self-driving trucks. Um, you're talking about bringing down the costs of everything, right? 
Yeah, but truck drivers don't want that. Oh no, exactly. Yeah, yeah the unionization. Will be yeah, but guess what? Guess what? Tesla is not. They're not unions. So they don't yeah. care. <laughs> well, I mean, I think Tesla already started um, working on an order for like UPS to like give them you know electric trucks and all right. that kind of stuff. I don't know when that's rolling out. If it is, but imagine like they become self autonomous too. UPS. Even if it, imagine if it wasn't like just freight. If it was just UPS and like Amazon, that were. Well, automated maybe, maybe amazon can actually get a package to my right door <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you seem you seem a little salty about something oh who isn't you know it's like you know these ups or ups not, i'm not gonna blame ups because actually ups does a pretty decent job but amazon they are always dropping off packages at the wrong place or you get that little text message that says it's been delivered oh looking out my front door there's nothing there <laughs> So maybe if we get these self-driving vehicles and they deliver stuff, maybe that might be a little bit better. Because then they'll say, hey, the, tr- the truck's out in front. You go out and get your package. Yeah, yeah, until they always go to the wrong address because yeah. of GPS. I mean, we'll see. I how- don't understand, man. How long has Google had to be able to, like, run their little, little cars around to, like, get the addresses right? I don't still understand. still driving around all over the place. I mean, like, they can taxi to Kingdom Come if you, like, live in the little shack out in, like, the mountains of, you know, in the peaks of Colorado. But they can't get a package to you? Like, I don't understand. Mm. Right? I, I've i noticed several times when I type my address in a GPS. I mean, it will get me to the neighborhood, but it will either be one or two or three houses <laughs> off. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> he when he, you know, uh, you just bought your new house. But yeah. Blake, was he lived, like, literally, what, three apartments down from me? Yes. And we couldn't order pizza from the same place because apparently there's some inv- invisible line between our two places. So he had to order pizza from like across the town and I, mine was right around the corner. <laughs> yes. My <laughs> phone app did the one 10, 15 minutes away rather than the one where you could walk five minutes away. So you just, every time you need a pizza, you just call a Brian, like Brian, Brian yeah. order <laughs> Brian's like, that'll, that'll be a, that'll be a, a 1% surcharge <laughs> service charge. Yeah. Exactly. Not to uh, burst your bubble on the the smart cars, but the uh, machine learning algorithms they have for the cars to identify stop signs and other yeah. things. Uh, they use a, a random tree method to like develop how to recognize these things, and they pick up different patterns on the stop signs. But if you spray paint over them, they don't recognize them anymore. They'll drive right through. Sure. And people have learned different patterns, and they'll just like draw scribbles on a whiteboard and stand there, and the Tesla will pick it up for some reason as a stop sign and just stop prematurely. <laughs> So imagine it's like a big, big, a picture of a big old penis. <laughs> it's like a little, it's like immediately like slams on the brakes. It honks. <laughs> you are here. You are here. Yeah. I've been dicked. I, I, I mean, we, we had a, we had a, a friend temporarily uh, that was telling us he used to work for Tesla and he said that they have a pretty good AI uh, learning algorithm where it's constantly learning yeah. new things yeah. as it's driving. And so it's picking up all these different. Yeah, it's learning. Know, it's machine yeah. learning. That's what it is. AI. It, yeah. it, it takes some time. I'm actually excited for uh, quantum computers because that will make machine learning algorithms a thousand times more efficient. I love sci-fi. You don't yeah. know what it is? Quantum. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Have you guys seen quant- uh, quantum healing on like yoga places? Irks me to my core. It makes me rage. Quantum healing. <laughs> quantum thought. Quantum we have to go through the butt. Quantum. Music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. You, no see the, you see. You see the spoon here. This is for quantum healing. Quantum healing. <laughs> Guess. Am I inside or outside your butt? Mm. Both at the same time. <laughs> what do you guys think of uh, the notion that like the social media companies and platforms should be like utilities, like gas and electric? No. 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 Absolutely not. No. Ed, social media should be platforms. You know, you you are, you are not an editor. Uh, you, you have a platform. 
All your your job is to, your job is simple. They're overcomplicating it. Your job is simple. Just keep off the weirdos off of there. Keep the the Benefits. child you know what mm-hmm. off there. Keep all the 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 death stuff off of there. That's easy, you know. But if people want to say stupid things, they can say stupid things. You know, you're if uh, Grant Thumb, for instance, right, does great videos on shooting. And from what I heard, like they were trying to go after him for a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. um, about. The comment section, right? Because yeah, you yeah. always joke that the comment section is out of hand. It's hilarious, dude. And if you ever, if you ever have a chance, just go to Grand Thumbs videos and you go to school, read through his comment sections. They are absolutely hilarious. Um, but they were trying to go after him and like shut him down because, oh, well, you know, you're responsible for the comments. No, you're not. How are you supposed to do that? Yeah, it's like that's I have nothing to do with that. If but that's if, if that's true, then you should just go to like all these like radical left leaning and just start like posting like all these random all like these you know the same the same comments that appear on um, Grand Thumbs. Uh, uh, channel yeah. and see what happens. Nothing. Exactly. Absolutely nothing. Well, then are you also on Twitter or are you responsible for comments for people if you say something, you know, and then yeah. they come out and they're out of line? No. Yeah. So I, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, no, but I think social media, it, they've overcomplicated it. It should just be a platform, you know, uh, the public utility thing. All you're doing with that is you're opening up Pandora's box for government control again, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, for government Why? oversight. You know, yep. You know, why would you want to give government more control of anything? Yeah, you just do, like you said, your community guidelines. They aren't posted anywhere. Real simple. No scenes of death, no pornography and cyberbullying. None of that. I can't think of other things you would want on a social media platform besides those three things. Yeah. But uh, the you don't need any more regulation than that. Well, the most regulation you need is parenting. How about that? Don't let your kids on social media until they're of a certain age, okay? Yeah. I mean, we, we see this epidemic right now of suicide rates that we just we just talked about, um, depressions. Um, who's that famous singer? Billie Eilish, right? It's like massive depression. I'm not saying it's necessarily social media, but as someone her age, you, you have these massive depression. I have to think that social media does play a part in that somewhere. But they have done studies on these young girls, and I think it in fact actually affects young girls more than young, young boys because yeah. boys are just like, yeah, you know what, meet me outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But I think social media plays this part because you know what, you don't know who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's no more um, there's no more uh, repercussions anymore, right? Anonymity brings the worst out yeah. of people. You know, but I've always joked about it, but I, I am kind of real about it. I'm like, you need to bring back dueling, right? You, there needs to be repercussions for things that you say. Yeah. Okay, you're gonna tr- talk trash to me. There needs to be something, right? Now, granted, you, trash you can let it roll off or whatever, you know. But you get into cyberbullying, it's like, all right, well, you want to bully me? Why don't you come see me face to face, and and we'll see what happens then. You know, you're not gonna t- you're not gonna cyberbully Jocko Willink, you know. <laughs> or, or here's a novel <laughs> idea, know. just block them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You know, whatever, man. I think um, censorship on social media just has gotten out of hand and it's just become another <laughs> political weapon, you know? Yeah. It's just it is what it is. Well, so what, do you, what can you do about it? It's so prolific nowadays. Yeah. So. Well, you had, um, who's that famous astronaut? Um, he's... Buzz oh, Aldrin? Yeah. So I don't know if you remember that. He was at some restaurant or something like that and some social media douche like went up to his yeah. face and started tra- took and trashed him. So he punched him in the mouth, right? Oh, you know, everybody was clutching the pearls like, oh, God, he's like, he comes from another generation where if you insult his honor, he's going to punch you in the mouth. You know how old he is? He doesn't care. <laughs> he's yeah. Aldrin. He's and not he, going to jail. And he man. laid and he laid that guy. Yeah, he's a national hero. He laid <laughs> that guy out, too. You know, <laughs> can you imagine? It's like, bitch, I went to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> that was a soundstage. I was in a tiny little capsule breathing farts <laughs> for 30 days. We had to store our pee. <laughs> Do you know? 
what your words mean to me? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Apollo 11? I was in the same ship. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you know, but you, you go to somebody's face and you talk trash to them. And it's like, you know, that, 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 uh, uh, veil isn't there anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're going to get, you're going to, you're going to get handled. So, yeah, it's hilarious to see like when people just, somebody actually like just knock somebody out, you know, that like, you're like, he totally deserved that. Sucks, but he totally deserved it. Was that guy a flat earther or something calling him a conspiracy theorist? Like, no, man. The guy just came up to him with just was just ragging on him, I think, for his um his like political beliefs and stuff. And he's just like, you know, the moon landing was fake or something like that. And the dude is like yep. no matter what, it's like, why would you do that anyway? Yeah. You know, in he, a diner. Yeah. You know what? There's there's plenty of people I disagree with. But if I see them in public, I'm not gonna go up to it, up to them and make a deal out of it. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter if I'm diametrically opposed to somebody. Like like I'm not saying I don't I don't hate the guy or anything like that. I don't, I have no ill will towards him, but you know, I'm at Farrakhan, mm. right? Refused to shake my hand, you know, said some stuff under his breath and I just kept it moving. You know, I'm not yep. going to sit there and get the man's face and do all this stuff. I was trying to be nice. Yep. Hey, whatever. Keep it going. It can stone, may break my bones, <laughs> but I don't care what you say. Yeah. It's <laughs> this aspect of emotional resiliency that you can have calm, consistent emotions, despite your outward uh, environment it's really lost on people. Oh, they said something, therefore I have to feel bad. Or I feel hangry, so I'm going to lash out. You are in control of your emotions, not your emotions in control of you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a sad world we live in that, you know, a comment on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, it's considered violence now. I don't <laughs> understand. Violence is an objectable fact. It is not your feelings or your perception of the situation. I mean, just wait till, like, if there's, like, a world war or something, be like... You missed you missed you missed that. Uh, <laughs> that uh, well, this is just leading that online violence now, don't you? Well, this is just you know leading to the the, the bigger topic of do you censor speech? Yeah. Right? Is the First Amendment absolute? Are you allowed to say whatever you want to say? Right? You know, I mean the same that same mindset of I could swing my arm anywhere I want to go as long as I don't hit anybody with it. Huh? Well, I'm I'm of the belief I'm like say whatever you want to say. You know, obviously you do. You, yes, you can yell fire in a theater. Right? That's not illegal. Um, but if you call to action, you know everybody should go after this person and, and hunt them down or everybody should go after these people and get in their face, Maxine Waters. I'm looking at you. Um, that is not freedom. You don't have the freedom of speech to do that. But if you want to call somebody a douche or if you want to say something about somebody, as long as it's, you know, liable, then, you know, if you say something liable, then yeah, you get to go to court with it. You know, yeah, definitely. there's always consequences, repercussions to your actions, but I think freedom of speech does not need guardrails. You know, it's either you have freedom of speech or you don't, you mm. know, and this whole thing of hate speech, What's hate speech? It well, hurts your that's, feelings. That's the thing. Like when you when you ask somebody to describe it, you know, like the definition of it, they're like, oh, well, you know, they just skirt around the issue. Well, no, then, then, you know, if you get into it, you're like, well, then who gets to decide what hate speech is? Yeah. You know, yeah. who, who's going to do this? Well, we're going to we're going to pick we're going to pick a group of people. Who are these people? You know, they can't ever say that because they understand that it's like, well, if it comes down to it, I'm going to try to pick people or I'm going to I'm going to advocate for people who think more along along the lines of me, right? Yeah, tribal lines, yeah. unfortunately. So. The the legal limits of free speech, slander, libel, threats, does hate speech follow under any of those things? You could say that's threatening you, but these have specific definitions that, oh, I'm going to hurt you, I'm going to kill you. Saying but that. that's, it's subjective too, right? Like the, uh, uh, some, something that somebody says online to some person it might it might seem like uh, violent or you know threatening to somebody else. It can mean absolutely nothing. Again. So it's objective. Again, it's just them. words. Just block them. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing. You, there's, what I else mean, are you gonna do? 
But p- people forget too. It's like, you know, if you go back to when the Nazis went to Chicago and I forget where it was and around the time from, I think it was in the eighties. I think, you know, it was the whole thing with uh, the, the blues brothers, you know, but you had the, uh, you had the Nazis out in Chicago and you actually had the Jewish community that came out and allowed them to speak. They wanted to shut it down. And, and the Jews in that area, which was a lot of Jews from survivors of the concentration camps were out there because they were like, no, you have to allow these people to speak. But the thing is, is like, allow them to open up their mouths and remove all doubt about how much of an idiot these people are. Let them speak. No, right. keep, keep talking. AOC. I'm one of those. I'm like, let her talk, man. Don't shut her down. I want the more she speaks, the more she proves herself to be an idiot. And I'm all the about more that. receipts I get, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm just stacking them. You should see, I have a filing system. Yeah, receipts but, are just getting stacked. But if you, if you have, if you have a bunch of, of concentration camp survivors out there supporting the, the right, they're not supporting the Nazis, not by any stretch of imagination. They are supporting the idea of freedom of speech. If Jews can do that, you can allow someone to say some dirty words about your mom. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't that New York in no, the 90s? No, Chicago. It was Chicago? Because I'm pretty sure the uh, guy who ran the ACLU at the time, who was Jewish, was involved in that court case to let them do this. Because I think about Nazis. Like, that doesn't exist in a free speech environment. Mm. Hitler had to kill his political opponents, restrict the um, the press in order to get this idea of Nazism to flourish. In a freedom of speech, yeah, you'll get people who are Nazis, but they will never take hold. It will never be the majority. Like you said, let them talk, and people will see how ridiculous they are. They are. All these ridiculous ideas, yeah, we have flat earthers, we have Nazis, we have these other things. But their ideas do not take the majority when you have a freedom of speech environment. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just going to they're gonna dig their, their own graves and, gonna, you know, yeah, whoever I, follows them down there, like, you know what, like, all yeah. power to you, man. You, you believe what you want to believe, but we'll, us, we'll live in reality over here. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, regardless of whether it's political or religious, whatever, like, if you have somebody out there who does not like the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, I will support them 100% to say whatever they want to say. But, I, you know, I don't have to like what they say, but I'll support their freedom to say it. I'll defend their freedom to say it, as anybody should, regardless of what it is that you disagree with. It's just a disagreement. Right. Well, on that note, talking about uh, affiliations with the church, unfortunately, we have a... No. A next, a next segment, unfortunately. I know um, what this one is. Yeah, so... <laughs> Um, our next segments are going to be our political segment. Uh, we're going to try to be, uh, segmenting our episodes from now on just to get you guys, uh, some better, better news coverage. And obviously this is at the forefront of, um, of, uh, the political spectrum at the moment. Um, and that's, uh, Mittens. Uh, for those of you guys that know, that's Mitt Romney. Um, he Romney. is, he now is a he... member of the, of our church, uh, the church of Jesus Christ, the Lord Saints. president, dude. I don't know, man. Now, why do you call him Mittens? Because that's his name, Mittens. It's because he's got a hand up his... <laughs> his hands in the cookie jar, baby. His hands in the cookie jar, man. And it's just hilarious. So I, I have... But, um, yeah, just, just, I just wanted to point out, you know... What did he do? So, <laughs> so as, as, as you guys have been following uh, the political news, there is a CETA uh, in the Supre- Supreme Court up for grabs. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, the Senate is controlled uh, by Democrats at the moment. And that means usually when the Senate controls is controlled by a certain party, they're the ones able to confirm uh, an appointee to the Supreme Court. And at the moment, that is Kentaji Brown Jackson. Um, she is a. You, you can't say, say radical. 
Radical leftist. Confused. 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 Obviously not a woman. Pro little kids, uh, you know, <laughs> bad people doing things to them or, <laughs> you know, being lenient. I don't know. You know, it's funny that she cannot define the thing that she is because that's what got her her job. She can't. Yeah. She can't define the thing that got her the job. Well, <laughs> yes, that well, is they, true. They asked her if she could if she supports uh, the Bill of Rights. You know, your your what the Bill of Rights says about your uh, rights as a as an individual, right? Mm-hmm. And she was basically like, I don't know if I support that. And it's like you're about to be a Supreme Court justice in the United States, and you can't tell me whether or not you support that. Automatically, you you should be gone if you can't if you can't. This is your whole job being in politics, right? Whether you're going to be upholding law, you're upholding the Constitution of the United States of America, but you can't say whether or not you're going to uphold these values. Then how can you be? How can you? How can you swear to support and defend the Constitution if you can't say you're going to support and defend the Constitution? Yeah, man, I think the Constitution's <laughs> in peril, unfortunately. And I mean, let's 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 go to this article. It's Sorry. from uh, MSN. It's a Mitt Romney historic flip on Kentaji Brown Jackson. For those of you guys uh, who are unfamiliar, Mitten's actually um, voted against her appointment to the appellate court mm-hmm. in 2018. I just, I don't, I don't understand. And now he's flipping back to actually voting her onto the Supreme Court. Also, for those of you guys who don't know, Mitt Romney is technically a Republican, and if it would, it would go to party party line votes, then Kamala Harrison would be the. The tiebreaker, mm-hmm. being vice president, and obviously the appointment would go through. But then you have uh, Mittens here, and somebody, another Republican, uh, actually uh, going to be voting for her. So oh, you got Alaska's governor. Alaska's. You have uh, uh, Lindsey Graham. Yep. Um, no, Lindsey Graham uh, recanted. He said oh, he's he not going to. He's oh. not going to vote for. Wow. Her. Yeah. Wow. Man, that guy. I tell you what, though, Lindsey Graham's all about putting his finger up in the air and judging the uh, political winds, whichever the way they are blowing is the way he's voting. Mm-hmm. Man, <laughs> whatever way the farts flowing, man, he's, he's, he's there. So All I right. think, I think he may, he may have seen some polling numbers in his district and something. So. What about McConnell? I know he said he wasn't going to vote for her. Did, and is he, is he still holding that line? Oh, he's doing a line of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, for those of you that know, we call about, him a uh, cocaine Mitch. Yeah, what about the cocaine great, Mitch. what about the great Senator from West Virginia? Yeah, unfortunately, the the one and only savior, um, Senator Manchin, actually is going to be voting on party lines. Yeah, and of course he is voting for voting for the point. And everybody kept like after he, he you know he made that that vote with Republicans. Uh, like I kept getting family members and people were like, "Oh, look, yeah, man, you know Manchin's doing a great job." This I was like, "Don't fall for that crap. Don't do it. It's he all gets, it's all interest, man. Whatever, he gets one bad vote. Interest. All right, he yeah. gets one bad vote. <laughs> no vote. I'm from West Virginia. Vote him out. Get him yeah. out. And then all these other weak Republicans, my Republican, my, my, my representative Mooney, awesome, Mm. solid cat. He's the only one. Those other two weak Republican, uh, uh, congressmen, get him out. The, we also have one weak Republican Senator, get her out, you know, and then, and then mansion. But anyway, I'm sorry. I'm going down this rabbit hole. Anyways, let's, let's read a little bit of the article. Um, here it says Mitt Romney made history in 2020 by becoming the first Senator to vote to convict a president of his own party at the impeachment trial, of course. And Romney is now making a history again. The Republican from Utah announced Monday that he would support Kentaji Brown-Jackson's confirmation to the Supreme Court. That's significant for two reasons. One, because Romney had voted against Jackson for a seat on the appeal, on the appeals court, sorry, 
last year, and because it means Jackson will get at least as many crossover votes from Republicans, three, as she did in her previous confirmation. I, I firmly believe Mitt Romney does not want to be viewed as a racist, and that's the reason why he's doing that. Oh, because absolutely. if you remember, he crushed Obama in that first uh, political debate. I mean, crushed him. Nobody knew what to do. They were just like, holy cow, you know, Obama was just completely outclassed. And I'm pretty sure they went to him. They're like, hey, dude, you need to pull up a little bit, you know? Yeah. And what, what did we see the next political debate? Like, he just, like, tanked it intentionally. And everybody knew it, you know? And so I think with this, he's doing the same thing. It's like, I don't want to be thought of as a racist, you know, even though she's not the first black uh, uh, nominee to the Supreme Court. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's hilarious, man. That's, it's such a lively, like, oh, the first black nominee to the Supreme Court. I was like, no, it's no. not. Clarence Thomas? No, 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 no. Black, black woman. Black woman. Yeah, uh, uh, Miss Brown was nominated by um, George Bush. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the George W. Black yeah, and then the reporting. <laughs> oh, oh, and and who was the one that said he was he was absolutely going to go after her if he was nominated? Could it be Joe Biden? No way. No. Oh yes, it was. What? Yay! I think I also saw a video of him using the N word multiple times. But you know what? That's water under the bridge. So, but Mitt Romney, you know, it's like any anytime something comes up, just know that if it's if it's if the Republicans snatched victory from the jaws of defeat, or is it the other way around? Snatched a defeat from the jaws, the jaws of, victory. of victory. Yeah, you know it's Mitt Romney, right? Yeah, it's Romney, man. Every time, shocker. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand, man. I mean the the fact that Joe Biden said that it's not going disappointment is not going to be based on qualification, but on race and gender, which uh, of which. The the pointy Kintaji can't even identify. Yeah. <laughs> I thought is ridiculous. Like you all, you want the best judge on that seat. Absolutely. Um, and I don't understand what what what. I mean, her her whole tenure when she gets appointed is going to be like, well, you were only appointed because you're black and a woman. I don't care if it's if it's a tranny midget. I don't care if it's the best judge. It does not matter, right? Yeah. Um, that's what you want. You want the best person in this job. Yeah. And all he did was he limited his his ability to pick the best judge. You know, he pigeonholed, he pigeonholed himself. How, yeah, go for it. How can they count this as a success of getting uh, a woman onto the Supreme Court, black woman, woman, when Nancy Pelosi went through so much effort to get gender terms and pronouns out of politics, out of, out of yeah, the legislation? Well, be, like, you can't use can, those you pronouns. Can't, you can't call the first black female then yeah i mean unfortunately what i think is just that low information voters man all they see are their optics from like cnn and msnbc and they're just going to show oh first first you know african-american woman appointed to to the supreme court right and like they, they don't know like they, they won't do their research and go back in, in time and see if that's true or not they don't i guarantee you most of these people don't even know that there's already an african-american on the supreme court i guarantee it dude they, they don't even know who these people are. Yeah, and and it's not like she's, like, replacing a conservative justice either. No. I mean, she's, she's replacing what, Breyer? Yeah, it's just replacing a, the, the, the uh, same. Yeah, the, oh, and they strong-armed him out. Yeah, I mean, they're like, you better get out right now because they know that in the midterms, the Senate is going to be back in Republican-controlled hands, and, like, <laughs> that dude was, like, on his way out anyways. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. To me – to me, it's it's all the Republicans had to do is sit there and go, look, if you want to sit there, Joe, if you want to you if you want to sit there and say you're going to limit yourself and you're going to put somebody in based off the color of their skin or whatever sex they are. OK, that's fine. But guess what? It's not going to be this person. This person, if you sit there and you look at what do they say about about the child porn thing? It's like she let off eight people 
uh, off. No, she she didn't let him off, but she reduced, reduced her sentence yeah, yeah, incredibly, like Re- to like months. Instead yeah, and then of, she yeah. actually like blamed the internet for their ability to access porn or something like that. And it's like you got to be kidding me. Yeah, man. But she also said that like you know their their lives shouldn't be ruined by this. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> are you serious? Like like in and these crimes, the, like the most heinous crimes that you can that you can think of to children and babies. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, she yeah, was yeah. like, she was like, well, I don't want their, I don't want their lives ruined from this. And did you see that one of the guys that she like let off? He he like commented, he's like, reduce sentence, reduce sentence. I'm sorry, <laughs> forgive me. She said, he he said, oh, it's all thanks to Judge Judge uh, Jackson that uh that uh my life wasn't ruined by by this uh, mistake, and I I I am able to you know reintegrate into society. Well, I'm like, what the fudge? Well, if, if you can't if you can't sit there and, and firmly say, well, you know, I, I can't say what a woman is, and how can you sit there ever say, well, I don't know what age somebody is because if you want to identify as whatever you want to identify as, well, why can't a 30 or 40 year old man identify as a 10 year old boy? You know, yeah. and sit, I'm, I, I identify as a 10 year old. Yeah, I mean the fact that that people are voting for her like to become a Supreme court justice after her rulings is insane. Absolutely. But most people don't even know this, right? They will, they will never even hear about this. That's a problem. Or remember, you know, any, any Republican that has gone up, they've like combed through their life. Like you, who was it? uh, What's his name? They went through the whole fiasco with, they went through his diaries and, you know, uh, um, Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh, I mean, it was like, it was like, Almost the day by day, hour by hour, what have you done in your entire life? And they hit, hit him on everything, right? But with her, it's just Do you like, like beer? Yes, I like beer. <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm a half kick kind of guy. Yeah, what is what is this little 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 blurb in your journal right here? The fact that he had a journal for all this stuff is amazing to begin with. But you know, it's like with her, you actually here you go. You have this history of her, and it's just like we're just gonna gloss over all that stuff. Well, did you see also the what is it, the chair? He was like he was like impeding questions from the Republicans. Oh, from uh, oh yeah, Ted name? Cruz. Yeah. yeah, Ted Cruz was trying mm-hmm. to trying to get her to answer a question. I think it was on on. I want to say. It was the it was the light sentencing on uh, on the multiple uh, sentences sentences that she was light on. Yeah, it's on not just one. Pornographers. It's like multiple. Yeah, multiple people. He says, "What? How can we trust you if you've reduced all these sentences to months? Of, like several." <laughs> magnitudes lower than the lowest sentencing. How can we trust you in that? Yeah, but, the, but then the chair was, was sitting there saying, it's like he kept gaveling this thing. And, and so Ted Cruz was yeah. like, well, you know, let her answer. And he's like, he's like, well, you won't let her answer. He's like, well, then she can answer. No, we're going to continue. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, it's like, let her answer. Me? Yeah. That's, that's just, that's just political showmanship. It's just, it's absolute garbage, man. It's, it's a crap show out there. And you know, the fact that she's going to be, be Supreme court justice is just, it's a blight on this country. She is not a Clarence Thomas, oh, not by no. any stretch of the imagination. She could not hold his water. Yeah. If, if you wanted to advance like, you know, black rights and black, you know, culture and stuff like this, like history, like this is not it, man. Like, <laughs> You know, future generations hopefully will look back and they'll be like, "What the fudge, man?" Yeah, I mean, you you have you have someone like you know a Susan Rice that you could put in there. You know, yeah. I mean, just a brilliant a brilliant woman, and you know, uh, or just like the best judge out there. You know, I mean, yeah, exactly. You, you know, know, maybe somebody who's qualified. I don't know, but yeah. well, apparently, I think the Constitution you don't actually have to be a judge. No, no, you don't. Or you have a law degree. I think when um, they were with when uh, Trump was uh, debating on on who to put for the Supreme Court uh, pick, he was he like talked to Ted Cruz about it or something like that, and he's like, "Hey, would you would you want to be the point on the appointing?" He's like, "No, no, he wants <laughs> he wants to fight in the Senate." Yeah, he wants to fight, man. So eventually, one day, one day. Did I mean, you know- Ted Cruz has his faults too sometimes, but you know, I think he's infinitely like, still better, infinitely than her. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, no absolutely. Kidding. I like him in the center where he's at. Did you know Clarence Thomas? Oddly enough, least favorite Supreme George, Supreme Court judge of Barack Obama. Odd. Yeah, and if you go back and you watch the videos on his confirmation oh, hearings, man, Biden Joe was... Biden again for the win, baby, going after him like crazy. You know, it's like it's it's the people forget really quick. Uh, this country has a very short memory with some things. <laughs> yeah, or or honestly, they just never know. They just never knew about it. Didn't care. Didn't affect their everyday lives. So they're just like whatever, you know. I mean, unfortunately, the low information. Uh, Everyday Americans, that's 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 what happens. You just, yeah, I mean, I remember, man, back in the day, like I wouldn't have known this stuff, you know. When I was younger, I would, I wouldn't have cared. It was until like you know, pretty recently, in the last couple of years, that I'm like really like paying attention to this kind of stuff. Well, with this with this thing though, with with uh, uh, Miss Brown, what I would sit there and say is, anytime you hear somebody sit there and say, such you know, like Joe Biden, that I'm going to hire the the first black woman on the Supreme court, you know, I'm only going to look for a black woman for the Supreme court. Okay. Now flip that. All right. Now imagine him coming out and saying, I'm only going to hire a white man for the Supreme court. Is that racist? Yes. Well then it's racist the other way around too. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, even at the strict word, you are judging someone by their race, racist. Like it's just at the most basic root of it. So, I mean, whether you're trying to get them in or get them out, Can you imagine if American Airlines did that? It's like, you know, we're not going to hire the best pilots. (laughs) We're going to hire somebody because of the color of their skin or their sex. I'm like, uh, no. (laughs) Or or like surgeons. We're going to hire the best, the best uh, African-American woman surgeon. But I want the best surgeon. Yeah. Now, yeah, if she, if she was the best and she was valedictorian in her class, absolutely. But I want the best. Yes, exactly. No, no, no. You get the first African American. Can, can we can we do this with 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 sports too? Can we go into the <laughs> NBA and be like, you know what? I want a five foot five Jewish guy playing point guard on on the Lakers. Where are these guys? No, at? no, no, no. The 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 first uh, the first um, Asian 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 woman linebacker. <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah, let's have diversity requirements in, in sports. for everything. Yeah, let's go, oh, let's go across man. the board. Do you think the Manhattan Project would have been such a great success had they been a diversity requirement? Oh, we can't get the best scientists. We got to make sure we got female scientists and the minority scientists working on this stuff. We can't just take the top of all their fields. But somebody's going to listen to this podcast and be like, you guys are a bunch of racists. How dare you have this conversation on this stuff? Mike, would you like to give some input on this? Racist. (laughs) You guys got a spoon handy? (laughs) (laughs) And here's my receipt, my my, uh, immigrant card. (laughs) So being a resident immigrant here in... The podcast, I can officially say that nobody here is racist. Absolutely. There yeah. Go. So, job. and if you guys do think we are racist, well, then. Get a spoon. <laughs> You're our token yeah. minority guy. I am a token minority. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You know? um, also, are, I heard if you're from uh, like Poland or something, like the Caucasus, and um, <laughs> you are also a minority. Yeah. Well, I mean, remember, if you're if you're of uh, of any skin color and you're on the right or conservative, you're, you are a racist. Oh. Uh, Oh, that's how it works. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You notice how you notice how um, Cubans are not considered Hispanic. Anymore? Oh yeah, <laughs> or or the entire Asian <laughs> race. 
Asians got too uh, too good at making money and, and being in, in the high high paying uh, professions that they're like, no, no, they don't qualify anymore. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> yeah, they are more successful, make more money, so they can't like you don't they don't get the minority rights. It's like what the heck, dude? You know, you know, are, you know what the largest? Crazy. Do you know what the largest group segment of the population that has degrees is in this country? Asians, black women, black women, yeah. per really? capita or <laughs> overall? <laughs> overall, are you yeah. trying to find a fault in this? Like, yeah, is black, that what you're saying? I just black, want to understand black, the statistics. Yeah, black women, as a uh, as a um, segment of this country, are the most educated, um, um, I guess, group. You know, um, which to me is like demographic or whatever. Great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, cares exactly. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, does it really matter? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just pointing out a statistic. Whatever. Yeah, good for them. Thank you. <laughs> well, talking about uh, being top in the field, um, our, fears, our fields are looking bleak, and so are the, the world's um, wheat fields. Um, for those of you guys who, also, who have not been paying attention, you will be in a shock in a couple months to possibly maybe even sooner. Yeah. Um, food shortages are coming. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, thanks to also a big part of the war in Ukraine and Russia and Ukraine being what was it seventy seventy percent of the world's wheat supplier. Uh-huh. Um. So yeah. Anyways, we got this uh great article um provided to us by Mr. Brian. Um. Do you want to read this out, man? The ag web ag web Yeah. Drought yeah. robs Colorado farmers' wheat. Yeah. Remember, I think a couple of weeks ago when I said we were talking about inflation. Mm-hmm. And I said that, you know, the inflation costs of certain commodities are going to be going up, food specifically, yep. you know, wheat costs and all that stuff is going to be going up. That was just for inflation. And if you remember what I said in there, I was being, I was, I, I was underlying something I, and I said it, I said that that's only for taking into account inflation and that all the weather that we have is perfect. We need to have perfect weather for these costs not to go up any higher. Well. Guess what? Mother Nature <laughs> said, F you. Colorado farmer Brian Brooks will be the first to tell you that farming in the southwest corner of the continental states isn't for the faint of heart. You can't see the wheat. You can see the wheat that is trying and barely hanging on the roots, says Brooks, a farmer in Baker County, Colorado. You can just tell how abusive this winter has been. Brooks, a uh, uh, farmer, says Baker County is the epicenter of the Dust Bowl. If you remember uh, the Great Depression, the dust pull was just added on to uh, the the sorrows that we had in this country that led it to was, a lot of famine. It was a famine. Let's be real. The dust bowl was a famine. Yeah, but a lot of that was also due to, to farming incorrectly, which we didn't know. But now the farmers know how to they know how to rotate crops. They know right. how to not over irrigate, and so now it's just coming down to just pure mother nature. Which they'll probably sit there and say it's global warming, right? Which is not because it's climate change, right? I don't know. We should ask Elon Musk about it. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, he said that uh, this was the episode of the Dust Bowl, and in an area used uh, used arid climate, he says that the winter has been nothing short of brutal. The last big rain event we had was in August, says Brooks. There are a few guys that grew, uh, that got weed up when the, they planted early, but the dryness took it. Um, he thinks 80% of the dryland wheat in this area may not make it this year, with some acres of all planted wheat still barren. That's that's as only I cannot read today. What the heck? That's as only a trace of moisture has materialized since fall. It's been too dry for many wheat fields to even sprout. We've had four tenths of a moisture this year so far, 
And a lot of it has come as half of one tenth here and there, just no large margin. Basically, there is going to be a significant wheat shortage. Um, Especially with this guy. <laughs> this is horribly written. <laughs> okay, so it's not just my reading. It's, no, no, it's this, like is, this, is, read. this is like we're reading the Encyclopedia Britannica. All right. So um, if you, I think if you scroll down, there's a map on here. Uh, might be on this one. No, it's not on this I'm one. It's on the other one. There's a chart. Yeah, no, 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 it's not that. There's a map um, for the the climate.gov one. I don't know if you have that one on there. I do not. No, it's okay. Uh, so anyway, the, this is from climate.gov. Uh, NOAA's spring outlook helps build a more weather and climate ready nation by informing local decision makers and emergency managers of this spring's hazardous weather, such as extreme drought. So what is NOAA saying about drought? Well, the spring outlook for drought temperature and precipitation. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, severe to exceptional drought has persisted in some areas of the West since the summer of 2020, and drought has expanded to the southern plains and lower Mississippi Valley. This is where all the wheat is grown. Mm. Corn's grown up in Iowa, Illinois area, if you look at the map. But down in the Texas, Oklahoma area, that's all where the wheat's going, right? Um, so they're having severe drought. It's going to continue on with severe drought with nearly 60% of the continental U.S. experience in minor to exceptional drought conditions. This is the largest drought coverage we've seen in the U.S. since 2013. Boy. Wow. Yeah. So we, we've, we've covered this on, on a couple podcasts. Um, we also know that we have issues going on in Ukraine, right? So Ukraine is not planting their wheat right now which means uh, if they ever get a chance to plant, uh, it'll be a late harvest, if anything. Um, I mean, earliest probably be next year, yeah. man. And what are they, one, what is it, one-third of, is it one-third of the wheat for Europe that they, they produce? Yeah, I mean, I know they're the biggest suppliers for Europe. Right. Um, um, obviously, combined with Russia. Yeah, and then, um, I don't know, if you, can you pull it up on there real quick? I know I'm just, just doing this on the fly, but go to uh, Marine uh, Traffic, uh, if you remember that website. Mm-hmm. So, uh, right now, if you're paying attention at all, the the Chinese are facing more COVID lockdowns, and specifically in Shanghai. So if you go to the Shanghai port, um, if you look at uh, the ships that are sitting out there, you're going to see ships that are green and red. Now, if they're circled, you know, that means they're anchored. And if you go right off the coast of Shanghai on there, there's going to be a lot, a lot of green ships that are circled which means they're anchored. They're not going Shanghai. Anywhere. Shanghai. Yeah. Let's take a quick look. They are, they're just there. They're not moving anywhere. And, uh, they're looking at, um, lockdowns for who knows how long. Um, <laughs> I think that's actually a direct, a direct quote from, uh, uh, one of these websites. And they said that, uh, they're going to see about a 30% decrease in volume of, um, exports out of China. Um, and you're going to be seeing, you know, uh, here we go. We got it up. Oh, you got it. Okay. Yeah. So if you see all the ships that are parked out there. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. The red is oil, uh, fuel, and then the green is wheat. They're all just parked off the coast. They're not going anywhere. They're not going to get unloaded. Those ships that you see are moving were already being unloaded at the time. And so they're just getting out of the port. That's crazy. Yep. Is is there any blue on that map? I'm seeing it from a distance. No, it's all green, man. I mean, there's some blue in there, man, but... It's mostly it's mostly green. So thick you can't see. It's yeah. I mean, for those of you guys looking at this, I mean, it's just it's astronomical the amount of ships that are in. I mean, it it's already a busy port. Um, 
And I mean, I'm looking at all the ports in, in China, right yeah. in the, so, on that coast. And it's it, just it's what's, just crazy. Signi- what's significant with with China is that we supply them with most of their rice, mm. you know, but they also supply us with a lot of wheat and corn, which is interesting. Mm. But we're gonna so one we're not gonna be getting that. We have the drought that's coming in that that is going to affect uh, wheat, and then also well if if you can't grow the wheat and barley, what are you feeding the cow? What are you feeding the cattle? Yeah, I mean, and, and this thing is, it doesn't just affect wheat, right? It affects all production. I mean, I know uh, California's had record droughts for the last uh, couple of years, and they've been on water conservation for for a long time under the governor's orders. I think they just uh, declared, you know, um, uh, an emergency right? again. Yeah. And they're like rationing water again because they know this summer is going to be absolutely brutal on the yeah. crops there. And the United States, a lot of the produce that is, is grown is growing in California because it's just such such fertile land, right? Mm. But obviously since they don't have water and they misuse it, you know, it's I mean you're gonna see the quality of food drop. You're gonna see quantity drop. You're gonna see availability and then prices skyrocket on top of that. And on top of that, you're gonna see prices skyrocket because of the rising oil prices and diesel, Mm. which is used to transport all these goods across the country. And if they're not of the highest quality, they're not going to last as, as much, you know, going from, let's say, California to, like, New York City, right? So, you know, all of this is just shaping up to be, a, you know, a bad, bad uh, year for, for the supply chain. Yeah, right now, everybody's everybody's kind of optimistic because they're seeing that L.A. is actually, like, clearing out its port pretty decently. But yeah. they, they pushed all the ships down to Mexico, basically. Yeah. They're like, oh, go park out there so we can't see you. Well, a lot of them also <laughs> left left the port and they went over to Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but but they've... They, to be fair, they have cleared up the port a little bit, right? But what's happening is you're getting pulses now, right, from China. You're getting these 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 pulses. You can't handle pulses when it comes to supply chain. It has to be constant. On a schedule, yes. right? That's what, that's what we're talking about. So so now what China is shutting down with their new COVID lockdowns, and it's not everywhere, but Shanghai is one of their biggest ports. And if you're doing that, you're going to start seeing you're going to start seeing these pulses again. And then the port of LA, the port in in Seattle, they're not going to be able to handle the. They're not going to be able to handle these ships. I think they even opened up Oakland too. Like they're starting to let a lot more ships come through the port of Oakland, which is right. pretty crazy because they San Francisco doesn't like anything you know within the San Francisco Bay. Um, and when I was a kid, I used to remember the Navy used to come through for fleet week all week all the time. That was like super cool. And then at one point in time, San Francisco was like, nope, we don't no, no more, anymore. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so but yeah, these pulses are just going to uh, cause more issues with the supply chain. So right now it's like, yeah, you're seeing a little lull, but I think this is kind of like the eye of the storm. Boy, it would have been really nice had we gotten all of our trade and factory and gas getting within the country and independent from all this stuff. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, as much as it would have been, it would be nice to have that. I mean, that just doesn't happen overnight. That's medicine. like, a, that's like what medicines, medicine, all oh, our medicine man. that's made in China that we're not going to be receiving here pretty soon. We're gonna have shortages on that. Yeah. I mean, it's a big Unfor- project. Yeah. Unfortunately it, it takes decades, right? It's going to be a whole generation before any manufacturing even comes, comes close to what we needed to be back in the U S I mean, you'll never get a hundred percent, but yeah, you can- exactly. And, and I don't think you should expect it to be a hundred percent made in the U S I don't, I don't think that's feasible, but what, but if you can supply, let's say more than half the majority of things that are, you know, that are required by, mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, um, in demand by the population here in the United States, and hopefully it should be here manufactured in the U.S., but it's not. Well, and remember, our supply chain within the supply chain itself only holds 90 days worth of supplies. Yeah. So if it dries up anywhere, if something gets blocked up, you only got 90 days. That's it. 
Taiwan that's not goes for down. everything. Yeah, that's not for everything. So at this point in time, you know, make sure that, you know, you're you're buying, uh, you know, a couple extra cans of food. Yep. Uh, make sure you're growing that garden. Now's the perfect time, man. Start getting those gardens going. Um, yeah, for those of you guys that have never uh, really looked into prepping, that's a term used uh, for... Dirty word. Dirty word. <laughs> it's the conspiracy theorist. But no, it's just used... Um, it's It connotates people that are, you know, preparing for a bad situation, right? Doesn't mean they're preparing it's for the, end of the world. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think everybody should always be prepared to for for an emergency, whatever the case may be. Whether you just have a couple extra cans of beans or rice or whatever, you know, just just be ready. Um, and if you guys need a couple couple good channels to to follow, and you know, if you want to learn about it, we will post it down in the description below that you guys can check them out. Those are the some of the channels that we ourselves follow um, and follow their advice. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you guys think that the government's going to bail you out and help you guys out on this thing, I mean, you guys are crazy. Um, cause I think the, um, the current, uh, the current proposal actually is, um, budget proposal is, uh, being blasted by a lot of, uh, by a lot of critics because the one, the 1.65 billion, um, is, is, is going to be cut from the USDA <laughs> in this proposal. And so imagine, imagine we already have, you know, a crushing supply chain for food. And then the government and sells like, eh, we need that one point six eight billion for Pakistani gender studies instead. Yeah, well, I mean, if if anything has taught anybody anything, I mean, just through the COVID issue, you look at how people reacted over toilet paper. Yeah, imagine what happens when when food uh, starts to become on thin in thin supply. I mean, I go to Walmart. You know, it's pretty close to where I live, and. Like, there's hardly any pasta, man. And, I mean, it's completely wiped out. And my favorite, it's just water, Topo Chico. There's no Topo Chico, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But, I mean, seriously, though, you go to the meat aisle, you know. Um, I get my my meat through one of those online stuff, and, and it's great. I keep getting it. But you know what they keep doing? They keep raising the prices. Raising prices. And what, what's that uh, What's that service they use, Brian? Butcher Box. Butcher Box. Uh, it's just one of them. There's, there's several of them. Um, mm -hmm. uh, they're all pretty good from what I gather. Uh, Butcher Box I like specifically because the uh, they don't use hormones in the food. Um, the I guess the owner of the, of the company, she was like you, man. She thought she was allergic to meat. Nope. And she just found out when she talked to farmers. She's like, no, nope, you're allergic to the hormones. You're allergic to all the steroids and all the stuff they put in the beef. and the Growth hormone, all that kind of crap, yep. Yep, so they started getting clean meat, and they found out that she wasn't allergic to meat. And then so everybody liked the stuff that she was getting, and so that's how she started the company, her and her husband. But uh, but what I, I'm trying to get to is that, you know, even with that, you know, the subscription services, I think when I started doing it, I was uh, paying like $149 a month. <laughs> and some people are probably like, holy crap, you're paying $149 for meat. And I was like, well, you just wait. <laughs> Wait to see what meat's getting to here. Pretty His soon. freezer is full of the best tasting natural meat I've ever had. Yeah, I, I give away like so much bacon. <laughs> I love Brian's meat. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, Blake helped me move and I paid him in bacon. <laughs> he did. <laughs> best transaction ever. Um, if you'll permit me, can I go on a bit of a GMO rant here? Yeah, go for it. So, uh, all I'm, right, that's enough of that. Um, on <laughs> another you note, for your time. On another note, um, Brian's meat. Um, that's oh, a good name for a company, man. Brian's no, meat. Dude, we, we remember we talked about that segment. We're gonna do. Uh, we're, we're gonna get to that eventually. We're not gonna name it on here yet. It's, it's to come. We're gonna have a little. Brian's We're gonna have section? a little event. No, Brian's meat. No, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun. But anyway, sorry. Go continue on your rant. So, uh, so what was the next story? What's you that? Have? Yeah, um, let's talk about that. <laughs> it was funny the first time, guys. Sorry, now it's getting sorry, old. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, okay, okay. You're fine. You're All right, fine. go for it. Go on your little rant. Okay. Uh, 
I did uh, biotechnology classes as a kid, and I actually love GMOs. But it's oh, your mic went off. Oh no. <laughs> 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 sorry, sorry. Okay, go for it. Go for it. <coughs> GMO. Go ahead. GMO. All, All right. right. GMO. We're ready. I love genetically modified foods. I really do. But um, I think there's a difference between having things that are hormonally changed and having something that goes through a process of, of actual benefit. Mm -hmm. Are you guys familiar with the Golden Rice Project? A little bit. A little bit. It was a band of food scientists that wanted to design rice to be more nutritional for poor African communities. Mm -hmm. They wanted to address world hunger. The best access they had was rice. They designed this rice to grow in harsher conditions and to uh, cover the nutrient gaps they had. It was it was tailor-made for these communities. They had the list of nutrition they, they were missing, so they made this golden rice cover it. And they produced it. They got down there. Then a bunch of... Um, like anti-GMOs, hippies, natural foodies got upset that they were taking advantage of these poor communities that was going to lead to unresolved mutations and uh, allergies that they, un uh, and all of this was unfounded. The scientists knew the risks of genetically modifying and potentially getting new allergies because of it. They tested for it. Uh, they tested for other different types of mutations. Golden rice didn't do any of that. And the very communities that they was made for the the leaders at the time caught on to this controversy. They didn't want to take the risk, so they banned golden rice from being sold there and sure. being developed. Mm -hmm. And it was such a sad situation. Um, if you have the ability to, you know, making farming more effective per density of land is one of the biggest approaches we have to solving world hunger. Uh, as we get bigger, we have to have farming techniques that produce more in a smaller space. And GMOs do uh, genetically modified foods or organisms do a great job of shoring up weaknesses and being able to tailor make these foods for certain situations. Yeah, there are certain risks, but there's a lot of ways to cover those risks in experiments for those risks. So I, I love it. I think it's a great idea. It's funny that I bring it up as soon as you talk about hormones in beef. And then I'm on the side that's like, yeah, I want to eat natural food, natural beef, but I also am really excited about the science of genetically modifying these foods. Because it's the same thing as selective breeding for certain traits in, in corn or apples. You're just hyper extending and accelerating the process into areas that you couldn't to do before. Yeah, I mean, I just I have I have such a different view on GMOs, man. Like I understand like projects like that are, are great, and you know they help they help bridge the gap for for a lot of you know communities and you know places to be more sustainable. But at the same time, I mean, you have you can't trust these companies that are developing these GMOs, man. Monsanto is like such a huge part of of the reason why I think. Um, the current generation and future generations are, are so sick and need uh, medication now. Right. I mean, if you look back on like, what is it? Maybe like 40, 60 years, you never saw this lactose intolerance. You never saw glue, you know, uh, celiac disease in, in everyday Americans or, or populations around the world. And it's still to this day in places that um, are more focused on eating or, you know, because of the variety that they have are heirloom varieties and not GMOs uh, diseases like this don't exist as prevalent. Right. Um, so I think, you know, whenever you're trying to, you know, mess with the design that, you know, that the ecosystem and nature provided for itself, um, 
I think you're, you're, you're playing with fire a little bit, right? I mean, the selective breeding, yeah, you want to selectively breed, you know, the best tasting tomatoes that can withstand the best pestilence, right? The be- that, that grow, you know, the best in, in a certain area. And that's fine. But once you go in there and genetically modify <laughs> things and add, you know, you know, change the, the genome of, of certain things, um, I think that's when you really start getting to the problem. Um, and why, you know, people like uh, the lady from, you know, ButcherBox was allergic to the meat. Right, because you're pumping in things uh, full of things that it was never intentionally, you know, made to ingest, and that goes with plants too. I think I'll, I think I'll split the baby on this one, and I'll say that I think it's it, I can, I can't speak for somebody who's starving in a certain country, and if it provides yeah. for them food for that, and the, the worst thing they have to worry about is maybe a gluten allergy when they're 80 years old or 60 years old. It's like, well, at least they're going to live to 60 years old instead yeah. of dying at 30. Hey, I'm all for that, um, but. I want the choice, you know, so if I don't want it, then, you know, a lot, give me that choice. But that's what's great about a free market because it provides you those options for that, you know. Uh, yeah, you'll probably pay more money for this stuff. Obviously, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's the, the, the whole, you know, why does, why does uh, healthy food cost more than McDonald's? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you want to be healthy, is it worth paying for it if you can do it? Sure. You know, um, so for me, you know, it's like I'll pay more for, for non-GMO meat um, or non-steroid meat or whatnot. At the same time, I want to provide the option for somebody who lives in an area who doesn't have access to to food to be able to, you know, for a mother not to sit there and have to look at her starving kids each and every day. You know, um, I, I would rather provide them something and it, it has GMOs rather than just cut it all out. We saw we saw this, I think, in the 80s when remember you guys remember um, it was a uh, some pesticide or or whatnot that was killing like or making eagles' eggs soft. You guys yeah. might be too. Oh, young, I, too old I think I know what you're talking and, about. And it was and thinning the ozone layer and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was like yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like well, we're going to remove all this DDT. Well, then what happened? You saw these massive outbreaks of plague in Africa, and you saw people starving. It's like well, because that was used for their pesticides. That was mm-hmm. used to help feed them in that country, and you just took it away. And Without having an alternative solution, yeah, right? You yeah, you may not like it. I understand that. So then reduce it in the area that you're at, you know. Um, but and in a place that's 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 they're they're worrying about what they're going to eat every single day. They don't care, and it's ra- I'd rather them eat and have the ability for them to eat than have to worry about whether this is softening eagle eggs. Yeah, and I just I want to clarify. I'm not I'm not opposed to GMOs being used. You in, in fashion stuff. <laughs> Freaking anti science, anti GMO vegetarian over here. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm definitely not opposed to GMOs being used. Yeah, you know, to yeah. to feed the world and, and cure yeah, it of yeah, hunger. Yeah. Absolutely not. I'm I'm opposed to to the proliferation that GMOs are taking mm-hmm. over the food su- the food supply. Everything is now GMO. Heirloom varieties and heirloom you know grains are just are are disappearing from yeah. the from the world, man. And remember apples. Apples used to have how many different varieties of, of yeah. And now it's like you go to the store. What do you get? You get the red apple. You get the green apple. That's it. Yeah, yeah. and they all come from one tree, right? It's all the same <laughs> genome. That someone's like, oh, I like the apples from this tree, and they took that, grafted that, and you know, proliferated that. Well, and then and then it's also yeah. you know, it's like I've been to plenty of stores. You get the apple, and you're eating it out of season, and just like I see some people they're eating, and they're like, yeah, it's not bad. I'm like, there's no flavor in this whatsoever. Yeah. Or if you put that, you put the apple. Have you ever done this? You you ever bought an apple from the store and you just leave it on the on the on the uh, kitchen ta- kitchen counter? Watch it rot. You know how long it takes an apple to rot? Oh wow! <laughs> it can it could be up there for over a month without getting one little blemish on it. Yeah. Bananas. It's like the day you buy them, they're getting freckles. It's like what the hell, man? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, like I said, it's just it's a sad thing that I just saw, like, you know, the proliferation of it. But um, I'm like I said, I'm not opposed to it being used in, in situations where, you know, obviously benefits mankind. Sure. But I just think it's being used to to a degree now in, you know, kind of a, a, a bad or evil, evil way, I think, to a certain degree. Sure. What was that company you mentioned? Monticello? Monsanto. Monsanto. Yeah. Uh, if you guys ever have some free time to watch the documentary Food Incorporated. Yeah. Yeah. They talk about the horrible business practices of Monsanto. That's like the idea. They went to Congress so they could patent genes that they developed for foods. Yeah. Genomes. Yeah. I remember which that. Which was horrifying to me. As much as I love it, Monsanto, you're right, does really bad business practices. They like find their genomes that got blown in the wind into other farmers and they sue those farmers for having their patented genes. Yeah. Like there, there's a, there was during COVID, there was a doctor out there. I don't remember his name, but he was talking about creating some gene that makes people allergic to meat. I'm like, that's evil dude. Yeah. He's probably, t he's probably talking about like taking the lone star tick and like synthesizing. Yep. It's, it's, uh, yep, that's exactly it's what he's hormones about. and then, and then just freaking darting people. Yeah, with and he's, it, he's like, well, you know, if we just, you know, maybe put this into people's food and they just create a, uh, you know, they just, uh, start getting an allergy to meat. Hmm. And it's like, Gosh. dude, that's evil, dude. What is, what is that? Uh, what's the biggest, uh, meat supplier company or processor in Tyson. the United States? Tyson. I think they just said that by 2030, they're going to, tr I think, uh, all, all meats can be transitioned to like fake meat, like a uh, soy meat. Really? I'm just, and I'm, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what, what the freak? Like this, the it's just practices. People. Yeah. Practices like this is what I'm, I'm saying, you know, I'm, I'm against, right? Like yeah. if you want to eat that kind of stuff, man, there is a market for that for you to go buy and eat it. The majority of people don't want to eat that crap. So I hope Jimmy, Jimmy Dean never does that. I want to get on the diet where it's like the only meat you eat is the meat you kill. I would love to do that, but I don't hunt enough to do that. I was ever, like, have you, have you, you, have you hunted? Have you ever had deer? Uh, deer is kind of gamey, but I do uh, like it. Depend, it depends on when you hunt it, and it depends on how they process it. You know, I've had deer jerky that was yeah. freaking phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, deer is amazing. I mean, I, I went to college down in Georgia, and my dad's got some land out in, in middle Georgia, and it's like deer capital of the world, man, and those things are ins If you own a garden, they're pests. Right. I mean, they're absolutely terrible. You shoot them on sight because it's just... Just hang socks with yeah, soap in it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, they taste phenomenal. Um, but you got You got to get them during certain certain seasons. Uh, there's a show I watch called Meat Eater. Oh yeah, great, uh, great show. Great yeah. show. And he shows you like he's like he's like you know this is the time you should be hunting. You always want to hunt before they start rutting. Mm -hmm. You know, so they're nice and fat. You know, it's like once they once they start thinning, when they start rutting and they start protruding those those Same oils glands, and stuff yeah. like that. He's like, man, he's like, once your knife catches that and you're cl you're you're cleaning that animal, oh, it's done. It ruins it. Yeah, mm. like I never knew that deer had freaking sink lens, like multiple ones in their legs, and so I was like, "What the heck?" Yeah, I, I you know, and he like I saw him cut him cut him out. He's like, "Yeah, you always want to cut these out before you 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 uh, cut the haunches." I was like, yeah. "What the hell, dude?" I, I always get people that are like, "Would you try this?" I'm like, "I'm like any animal, you name it, I will try it. I'm mm. I'm down, you know." Mm. But I would like to hunt it. Yeah, I want to go hunt, man, but I'll donate the meat, man. I'll do it. You heard about that, right? Yeah. Down in Louisiana, where they had all these hunters, they were donating all of this meat to the homeless uh, shelter, like hundreds of pounds of meat. They did not have to worry about food. And the government came in and it was all like, well, we don't know where this meat came from. We don't know if it was sourced correctly. And they like poured bleach all over it. Yeah. Like, what a bunch of bastards, man. <laughs> I know. They want to keep people down, man. That's what it is. It's all, 
Isn't that what they do? It's all government plot, man. Isn't that what they do with African expeditions? Like, those hunters pay millions of dollars to shoot old, retired African lions, and they give all the meat to the local communities, right? I've never heard about that. I mean, to me, I'm I'm not a... That'd be be interesting. I'm not a trophy hunter. I've never been hunting. I'm not a trophy hunter. To me, it's like, I I want to kill the deer. I want to process the deer. I want to package the deer. I want to store the deer and I want to eat the deer for the next year. I want to make a wallet out of its skin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's like, I, I want to use every part of it. I want to source it correctly. Yeah. And I know a lot of hunters. The, the, most of these hunters, like people don't know this, like they're, they're big, you know, uh, um, conservation. Call, yeah. Like th- th- there's no bigger conservation than hunters. Yeah, because yeah. you get a lot of these animals, they start uh, getting overpopulated and they start eating up all the the under on the grass and stuff like that. Certain trees can't grow in certain areas. Um, remember in Yellowstone, was it Yellowstone? Um, they killed all the wolves. Yeah, so it's in Yellowstone. Then they they um, the, the elk population started uh, ravaging like the streams and stuff and destroying it. Yeah, and just by bringing back wolves, yep. where they were able, to, the wolves just by hunting the overpopulation of elk were actually able to move the rivers. <laughs> yeah it's crazy it really is you know, yeah but then they um like obviously farmers like in uh, <laughs> montana and stuff started getting angry because they started going after you know some of their cows and stuff cattle yeah. it's like well you know what's what's you know well, what about overfishing um you see that i think in in, in, in now it's starting to pop up uh overfishing of like tuna you see uh, out in japan overfishing of certain stuff um even so just like, like sardines and stuff maybe. yeah like yeah. like I'm, I'm a libertarian on a lot of stuff um but when it comes to when it comes to preserving nature and whatnot, I do have my my beliefs. It's like you know, hunt. You know, if you're gonna do these fishing and, and whatnot, it's like yeah, sure. You should you should do it ethically. You should make sure that you don't overfish, you don't overhunt, whatever it may be, and uh, allow them to rebreed and repopulate. Man, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I see a lot of shows where you know fishermen like deadliest catch and stuff. They're like, oh, our quota got cut down again. It's like, yeah. well. You know, you were you started fishing, or like your your father started fishing, or your grandpa started fishing when like there was no laws about it. You mm. could just go and catch whatever you wanted, for like the amount of time that you want that you wanted to be out there, right? Yeah. And like, but so like conservationists really didn't didn't like play effect until <laughs> until just recently, the last couple of decades. You, so. You're in uh, in Alaska because you know the only people that are allowed to hunt polar bears are the uh, natives, right? Inuits, yeah. and like they're having this massive explosion of polar bears, yeah. and they're like. We need more people to come hunt the polar bears because apparently you can go hunt with an Inuit. Like you can go out mm-hmm. with them and hunt. That's the only way. On their license? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, they're just like, we need people to come hunt these things, you know, because apparently, you know, the, the whole thing about polar bears just going away was a complete farce. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> and that little, little in old Alaska, that little tiny place? Yeah, they're exploding what? in population and the, <laughs> they need help hunting them. I heard wow. bear meat was like um, the pioneers, like oh, yeah. favorite meat to eat, man. Yeah, like really? bear if, meat. Bear if, meat was like the if, delicacy. Yeah, if you had deer meat, you were poor. If you had bear meat, you were on top of things. Like you had I've, the prime meat. Like, I've never even had the chance to try bear meat. I've had the chance to try crocodile ask, meat. Ask me if I would try bear meat. Would you yes. try? Okay. <laughs> Do you, Mike, would yeah. you try bear? No, never mind. I'll try it. You'll try it. Worth the itch, right? I'll try it. Yeah, we if it's cooked it. the right way, can we? Yeah, we, we got a show segment. Give me, we'll, give we'll me like a try. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody standing over me with like an epipen. pen. <laughs> They're like, huh? Huh? Yeah. Do your does your lungs shut down if you eat too much meat? Yeah, or your your so, it's not lungs. No, so what happens is like I'll start depending on on the meat and stuff. Like I'll I'll get like really itchy and I'll have like a I'll like break out in hives. I'll start sweating and and then eventually if like if it's if it's bad enough, like I'll just start like. My, my throat will start closing up or 
um, I'll just start vomiting like <laughs> hysterically. Whoa. He just he just has to swallow the meat really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or ingest right. it through other means. <laughs> <laughs> no, we like we we did the whole testing on the on the bacon thing, and I was just like, dude, you have to try it. You have to try it because remember what you told and me. And I was itchy for the first couple of times. No, man. Look, he 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 was he was like, look, if I'm gonna go out, I want to go out with some bacon. <laughs> <laughs> and it was butcher box bacon, like the thick one. And I was, we like, I was like, but I was like, I was like, burn the shiz out of it, dude. Uh, burn. <laughs> I, I still did a pretty, pretty decent job. Pretty I didn't good. Overcook it, dude. You know? It was it was good. I'm not gonna lie, because it it also for me. It, yeah, obviously I'll get, I'll get like a, a a reaction from when I eat meat, but the thing for me is actually the texture of meat, yeah. right? Like the chewiness, like oh yeah, yeah, like chicken, fish, like I can't have it, man. Like it's 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 something that's ingrained guac- in me. That's man. guacamole for me, dude. Like like <sighs> avocado. Ugh. Yeah, like just like that chewy stringiness. Like I can't have that, man. Everything you guys but, are talking about is what I love. Yeah, we need to eat bear meat. You on, like that soft thing show. in your mouth? Wait, what? You well, got, I didn't got, catch that last one. Sorry. Got, what was that? Yeah, you got Mike will give us all the meat and we'll give him all the coffee. Dude, I will take a, a piece for my wife and kids and then I will donate the rest. <laughs> I was like, I was like, who wants my deer's ass? <laughs> <laughs> I'll donate it, man. I don't care. I'll sell it. I mean, where so, can, yeah. where can, can you get bear meat? Uh, you have to hunters? Hunt for it? Yeah. Hunter, yeah, you can, yeah. You can buy it, you man. You get a license for it, yeah. Well, well, to hunt, but to buy the meat, yeah, you can buy it from hunters. It's just so they have to market it uh, as not a USDA certified if it wasn't butchered by a USDA certified processor, but they can still sell it. It's like the it's like farmers that sell um, whole milk, right? They they can't label it as as for human consumption. <laughs> for it has to be for animal, animal feed. Yeah. But they still put it in the fridge for yeah. animals. Animals, dude. Straight fresh milk is one amazing. Of the best it's milk delicious, ever. man. Yeah, the butter on top. Oh, dude. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you need a moment. <laughs> and it's close to dinner time, oddly enough. Yeah. I, I, I like I, I always grew up. You were always told this stuff, right? That yeah. you know, raw meat, raw milk will kill you, right? Yeah. It's deadly. It'll kill you. It's full of bacteria and poisons. It's Make like you fat. Well, so there there was a um, um, a dairy not too far from where we live, where my dad lives in Georgia, and uh, the guy he he sells the raw milk, right? And so I went up there. I was like, well, how does this, because I was still cautious. I had never had it. And he's all like, okay. He's like, I get this question all the time. He's like, one, he's all like, our cows are clean. He's like, that's the biggest thing. He's like, where you're milking the cow, the teat. He's like, you have to clean that. He's like, you you use incept, a, a, septics, all that. I can't speak. But you're, you're cleaning it thoroughly. They wipe those titties, man. Yeah. They really do. Yeah. And then the, the equipment, too. Equipment's super clean. He's like, at any point in time, if anything's contaminated, he's like, we have to reclean everything. Yeah. Top to bottom. You know, he's like, so everything's super clean. And the other thing is you refrigerate it. After mm-hmm. you're done with it, you refrigerate it. But the problem is with processed milk is that they, they cook it, yeah. right? Pasteurize and, it, right? Yeah, when you pasteurize it, you kill, yeah, all the bacteria, but it also, guess what else you kill? Anything that's in there, that's in there that's good for you. Now, I will say this, though. I'm one of those people. You should, I, as much as I do love raw milk, I always say, hey, don't don't drink so much cattle milk, right? Yeah. That milk was designed to take a a... 200 pound baby cow and turn it into a thousand pound bull in like a couple months. It's like, so it's not designed for you. We come back in six months. We're just like, joke. Yeah, but it is, it does taste really good, man. Yeah, it's good, uh, man. No, but yeah, the process that, that um, like homesteaders and cattle producers do is they'll like, um, they'll soak the, the teat in, um, in that brown f- uh, fluid that they used to sterilize uh, patients before surgery. I forgot what it's called. Iodine or iodine, something. Yeah. 
And then after that, they'll wipe it down. They'll spray it down with water. And then they'll test the milk for, like, mastitis. Yep. That's the way you have to be careful about, right? It's, like, a super quick test. It takes, like, two seconds. And after it's okay, they're like, okay, cool. And then they'll, like, put on these, like, suction cups and then get the milk. And then they'll they'll bottle it up and refrigerate it. And yeah. it's good to go, man. Are you getting cows for your homestead? Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know, I'm, we're, me and my wife, we're trying to plan to get a homestead and, you know, live that sustainable life. And, yeah, there's this thing called a little mini Jersey cow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, it's, like, a like half the size of a real mini uh Jersey cow, and they're great, man. Super gentle and like, it's like a shitling cow. Yeah, man. It's like <laughs> imagine a midget cow. Like that's yeah. what it is, man. And so we're gonna get that. Hopefully, I mean that you know I think a cow is like the last thing you want to get when you're like homesteading, right? Mm. You want to start with like chickens and like maybe like add some like some pigs, goats, goats um, sheep, sheep. Yeah, and then uh, the cow, right? Because yeah. I mean, once it's producing milk, man, it's like, dude, all these homesteaders. If you watch some YouTube channels on them. They're like, we don't know what to do with all this milk. Yeah. It's like, I have like <laughs> 600 gallons of, like, of raw milk. Like, what do you do with eggs, man? They just keep producing the eggs. Yeah. Like, what do you do with all these eggs? Man, but if you go to a farmer's market and try to sell like pasture raised uh, chicken eggs, sure. man, those things sell out like the, there's the sure. they're the very first thing that sell out at oh, farmer's amazing. markets, man. Like, yeah. if you're not there in like the first hour, you're, you're done, man. You're not getting eggs. You know what's it, really interesting too is like in the United States, we refrigerate eggs. But if you go to anywhere else in the world, they don't, they don't them refrigerate out. them. Yeah, you know? but I, I think it's how we we, we clean bleach them. the crap out of those. No, eggs. it's because we we wash the eggs. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you wash the eggs, there's a coating on an egg. Yeah. that if you don't wash it, it's totally fine. <laughs> they they can stay out and be fine. But if you do, you have to be ref refrigerated yeah. to stay. <laughs> I was in yeah. England and I went shopping. I was working for this this grocery chain. I used to work for uh, Lidl. And mm. they had this gro the Alito, uh, uh, they're like the Walmart out in Europe. They're massive, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And no, they are not related to Aldi. Okay. I keep hearing that all the time. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, Great I went to, I went to go get some uh, some eggs. And I'm like looking around the refrigerated area and I can't find the eggs. And I'm just like, one of the guys I was working, I was like, dude, where's the eggs at? And he's all like, they're by the bread. And I'm like, what? And you go <laughs> over there and they're just sitting there in the, you know, warm <laughs> air or whatever. And I had a friend of mine, he was from Austria, and, and he told me about that. And he goes, yeah, dude, you just leave the eggs on the counter, man. He's like, the, yep. they don't go bad. Um, you know, uh, what they used to do to preserve eggs, they actually used to get a bowl of salt. And they used to put the egg in the salt, and they'd put it down in the basement. Yep. And then you could preserve it long term. That's that's like Yeah, because the food. salt will suck up all the moisture and keep it good. Yeah, yeah. it keeps out any bacteria. Yeah, like my, my mother-in-law, she, you know, bless her soul, man, she's like the nicest lady in the world. Um, she, she keeps some chickens at her house mm -hmm. in Wisconsin, right? And... Um, yeah, when you go to her house, man, she just has a bowl full of eggs. Yeah, there's old up. there's old paintings. You'd see the old metal <laughs> basket of eggs in it and stuff like that, but just sit on the counter. You Imagine know? you didn't know you thought they were like toy, and you just like grab and like start throwing it around. It's like a real egg. I tested it though. I, I actually <laughs> bought you know I bought some eggs here, and I just tested yeah. it out, and I left them out. Yeah. No problem. You know they they say once you refrigerate them, you don't want to you don't want to keep them unrefrigerated. Yeah, take them out again. But I tried it anyway. I'm just one of those people. I'm like, yeah. don't tell me now. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't take many chickens to produce enough eggs to cover for a whole family. Dude, I mean, those chickens, like, if you get, like, real, like, egg-laying chickens that were, like, bred to, like, lay eggs, man, those those suckers will lay eggs it's all like year. Yeah. All year. I think they year. lay, like, almost every day, don't they? Yeah. yeah, it's like they lay almost, like, I mean, the, the, the big egg layers, they'll lay, like, 260 or, like, 300 days a year of yeah. egg every day, you oh. know, if not more sometimes. So... Yeah, have you seen those chickens that are like full black? Like even oh, when you kill yeah, them, yeah. like their skin is black yeah. and everything. Like, they're expensive. Are those, are those modified? Like, or, or is that no? They're just one? they were just bred, so mm. they're like Sayani Ie or something like mm. chickens. But they're pretty cool, man. I'd be like, dude, how much are those? Things? They're expensive, man. Super yeah. expensive. Couple yeah, it's grand, hard to find but, them. But I mean, is it you're just buying it for the look, or is it you're buying it for you're buying it for like the the look, the breed? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's certain restaurants I'm sure that would be like, dude, we want black chicken. You know, and their eggs are black and stuff. It's freaking cool, man. Yeah. 
Well, I'm, I'm, from what I gather, there's like a whole litany of roosters. Yeah. Different, whatever. You got the ones that look like they're furry. Oh, you saw the ones in China that are like the sacred ones there? They have like these like massive like dinosaur legs. Really? They're like super thick. Yeah. They're yeah. like, they, they love those things. I'm like, man, that's freaking weird. Okay. Interesting. But yeah. Anyways. Yeah. When, when we get property, we want a Texas cow and a Jersey cow. Yeah. Did you guys get a good amount of acreages for? Not this house. Not Next this house, we're going to get all much better acreages we couldn't afford the, the acreage we wanted so yeah but we yep. we farm sit for some families they have sheep that they uh, slaughter their lambs mm-hmm. lamb meat's delicious all for, yeah. farm grown meat is delicious but yeah homesteading yeah. is a big thing we want to do too some people think lamb is uh pretty gamey they don't like it actually yeah it's i guess it's also when you when you when you butcher it and stuff i've had it out in wales and it's gamey to me no matter what so it's yeah like, it's like like i had sushi in japan amazing right but i love sushi so uh, but anyway, with lamb, I've had it everywhere, and it's always gamey to me. I like lamb. Yeah, yeah. Well, you suck. So it's I, called I, speci- <laughs> <laughs> I especially like to name them before the slaughter, so I know. Don't what name the choves, <laughs> the frozen choves. <laughs> Shout out to um, what was it? Uh, what's it? What's it? No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nope. Go. What is it? What is it, Mike? I don't remember. Come on. Dang you gotta it. say it. <laughs> Yeah, there's some fishing out in the Atlantic, and I can't remember the name of it, but <laughs> they were like naming these choves. He was like giving them names. The guys like, don't name the choves. That's that's the bait they use on the on a ship called uh, uh, Wicked Tuna. For sword fishing or something like that? Or, no, Wicked or Tuna. tuna. Oh, yeah. Wicked Tuna, I think. Tuna is uh, huge. Yeah, they, no, no, it depends. No, Battlefish. That's what it's called, Battlefish on yeah. Netflix. And there's this uh, ship called the Opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And they uh, they use uh, frozen choves uh, as as bait when they're trolling for these. Uh, they're like smaller tuna. Oh. Um, not like those big bluefin tuna, but then the, the guy's like naming them. He's like, the captain's like, don't name the frozen choves, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, the fisherman names is, his name is Thor. <laughs> I'm like, this is so great, man. <laughs> It'd be surprising sometimes some of the shows you find on like Netflix. You yeah, know, you just keep, you get bored, you find everything else. You're like, oh, what is it? You know what? I'm gonna watch it. I got nothing else going on. Find some random fishing show. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> one of the worst things about the pandemic, man. Like they stopped making shows because of it, and you're just like, you like go through everything. You're like, oh, there's nothing. Else Tiger to watch. King was a jewel. I never watched I never it. Watched it. It was. I refuse. A, it was a beautiful train wreck of absurdity and chaos. Uh, What's I the next story we got going on here? Yeah. Anyways, um. <laughs> Yeah, so we got a. Uh, oh, we want to talk a little bit about faith. Um, Blake, you wanted to uh, you want to jump into this for us? Yeah, um, I think about forgiveness. Um, I think we all could use a lot more of it um, in our lives. I'm always big into emotional and mental well being, and I think mental well being requires a lot of forgiveness, both of ourselves and other people. Like that pink shirt, but I forgive you. I love pink, so I forgive you. Uh, I forget not pink it's salmon okay um so this article is <sighs> go for it is one of the better uh like short succinct articles on forgiveness you know that, how do you what are the steps to forgiveness you just let it go or you um do you have to reconcile with them uh this guy goes on the difference between reconciliation and forgiveness mm-hmm. Like you can forgive someone without trusting them or having them in your life. Um, And that's a really big distinction. And forgiveness involves uh, 
overcoming the mental and emotional healing that you need so you can focus on your life and move on with your life. So uh, scrolling down later on the article. And this article is on psychology today. It's, yes. it's called uh, Four Elements of Forgiveness by uh, Ryan House, a PhD. Yes, PhD psychologist. Um, published 2009, but I think it still holds true today. I'm not going to say that this is the best model of forgiveness in the world, but I think it's short, succinct, and effective. And I like how he talks about the steps. You have A, B, C, and then four. (laughs) (laughs) And that is intentional. Uh, The first thing you need are some elements of forgiveness. You have to express the emotion that you're feeling. You have to understand why you feel that way. You have to rebuild the safety. And then the last step, is you have to finally let go. The reason why he has A, express the emotion, B, understand why, and C, rebuild safety, and then four, let go. A, B, C do not have to happen in order. Uh, You can go back and repeat them. Some steps need to be done multiple times. Some steps need to be done once, first, last. But you have to understand why you're feeling the hurt that you're feeling or the anger. And then you have to do the necessary things you need to do to prevent that kind of hurt from happening again. Rebuild the safety. People talk about, I'll forgive, but I'll never forget. You have to be careful what you mean by that. If you buy, I'll never forget means I know how to guard myself for the future or I know how to observe. That's a good way to view it. But if it's like I'm holding a grudge or I'm waiting for that guy to make a mistake, that's not forgiving. You haven't done the steps. You're not letting go. You're holding this in your back pocket for to throw a dagger at them in the future. Um, he goes in the further depth uh, on each step uh, in the article. Uh, element A, express the emotion. Whatever the crime or injustice or violation, the forgiver needs to fully express how it's made them feel. We talk, one of the best things I've learned from Stoic philosophy is this idea of mindfulness, that you have to be mindful of your environment. You have to live in the now, and you have to be honest about your emotions to yourself and acknowledge them. This isn't about repressing emotions. This isn't about ignoring them. It's about identifying them, owning them, and being able to understand them, which is our next element. Understand why. Our brain will continue to search for some explanation until it's satisfied. Maybe we won't agree on the rationale, but we need to have some schema that explains why the act took place. In some situations, even an acceptance of randomness can be a sufficient paradigm. Then we rebuild safety, and then we have to let go. This even works for an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. Nowhere in these steps does he talk about sitting face-to-face with a person and telling them. Nowhere in these steps does this say, let them back into your life or let them back into your house. This is not reconciliation. Reconciliation is where you go and have a face-to-face with the person and you try to reconcile. I don't think every relationship warrants a reconciliation, but you personally, all these steps on forgiveness, they are all internal. They're all about you. Inside the LDS Church, and I think this is even in New Testament, um, I, the Lord God, will forgive whom I forgive, mm-hmm. but of you is required of all men to forgive. Is that DNC or is that assessment? Ah. Both. It's a common thing we say in, in the church. And uh, I, I want to live up to that acknowledgement of forgiving everyone. And I think these steps reemphasizes that forgiveness is internal. It's about you. You can do it without ever having a face-to-face to the person that's wronged you. And forgiving someone... Again, I want to emphasize, if this has been an abusive relationship or a crime against you, you can forgive them without trusting them. You can forgive them without letting them back in your life. It's about 
understanding why you feel that way, knowing how you can be comfortable and accept it and guard against it for the future, and then letting go so you can focus on your life and let go of the burden. So what do you two think of these steps? We should just bring back dueling. Dueling? Yeah. I mean, you can't go through life without being hurt, and uh, you can't go through life without experiencing, you know, terrible emotions. You can't go through life without sin. You can't go through life without experiencing life and life happening to you. You know, that's always a saying, you know, it's like I always have a plan until life happens to me. Um, but I will say, you know, in, in my personal life, I've, I've been hurt really bad. I mean, uh, emotionally just crushed, you know, I mean, you want to talk about getting your teeth kicked in, getting your nuts crushed. I've been there. I've been, I've been in every single one of those bad situations, but I always knew, um, that, you know, through prayer, through asking, you know, God for to take those pains away that he would. However, that was only part of the process, right? He'll take those pains away, but they can come back, right? You know, if you keep remembering them or if you keep harboring on them or whatever it may be. And what I realized was that, well, when you truly forgive someone, regardless of what they did to you, right? You forgive them. That that is like 90% of the, of, of the plan. It's not a hundred percent. It's about 90% for me. Um, and when I forgave the people, uh, that hurt me and I asked God to not hold anything towards them. And just as you know, I wouldn't anymore. Uh, it was like the massive weight just lift off shoulder. You're just taking that, you're taking that garbage and you're just getting rid of it. You know, you're just get lifting it off your shoulders and man, it's like, it makes you feel so much better. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I just, that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think forgiveness is a it's a it's a very important part of, you know, everybody's life, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to everyone's going to be, you know, insulted and you know, everyone's going to be hurt at one point in their life or or not, right? And I think, you know, I think it's you know what really eats you up inside and like holds you back from, you know, moving on in life and like being happy is is all that resentment that, mm-hmm. that people hold in their hearts, right? Yep. Um, because that, that just festers, turns into anger, it turns into self-loathing sometimes, turns into, you know, maybe revenge or vengeance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just, that consumes your life. Right. So, you know, you know, being, being members of the church, you know, we, we know that, you know, putting, putting our, our, our trust and love in heavenly father, you know, he, he can lift those burdens from us. You know, he, whether that be, you know, him him doing 99.9% of the work to, to ease our suffering and us putting in that 0.1%, you know, if that's if that's all we can do, then that's all we can do. And he's happy with that and understands that. But that's also why Christ, you know, died on the cross for us. You know, he, he's, he's experienced all that pain, emotional, physical, spiritual. Um, and he's gone through that. And so he's done that for us, right? Yep. And if we if we really center our lives on that and on, and on understanding that, that somebody has gone through that, and that's come out the other side and understands us in that way. Um, I think we can, we can move forward ourselves in, in each situation. And I think it's, uh, that's why, you know, being grounded in our faith is so, so important and so beneficial to, to members of the church and to other people, not just, you know, being members of the church, but, you know, that have faith in Christ. Um, because if you don't, if you don't have that anchor point, you're kind of like lost, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have direction. You don't know what to do. Like, you know, uh, the, the article is great and you know people break break it down uh, but but a lot of people will read this and they'll be like what does this mean right like is this just words that i'm i'm reading 
can I understand it? And if you have a reference to understand it and, you know, where people come from that are writing this and how to, how to apply it, I think that's, that's what's, you know, important. Yeah. Uh, Having direction. Part of it is too, is like, you know, you gotta, you know, when you, when you're at your lowest, you know, when you just feel like I can't, I can't forgive this person, that's when you have to do it. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's so therapeutic. And let's just say, let's take religion out of it for a, for a, for a second. Let's just imagine someone who is, you know, more secular, atheist, whatever it may be. Forgiveness is therapeutic, right? If you look at it from a Stoke uh, perspective, the Stoics, you know, believe that if you choose to be hurt, then you'll be hurt. But as soon as you take that action to not be hurt, what are you doing? You're forgiving, right? right. Whether it's yourself or somebody else, you're, you're releasing that burden. You're releasing that poison. And that's just going to make your life better. It's going to free everything up. But it's also taking control of your life, right? Be forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiving somebody or forgiving yourself or even, you know, God or, or whatever it is, is taking control of your life back, right? Because that, that anger, that resentment, that's, that's controlling your life, your thoughts, your emotions. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why, you know, like Buddhists that meditate, they're like, you know, when you meditate, you, you have no emotion, you're a blank slate, you know, you're in control. And I think um, when, you know, we all lose control of our emotions at one point or another. And when we do that, I think we got to recenter, refocus and, you know, take control again. Right. And those that do are, are able to to overcome things. And those that don't, well, you know, sometimes they're just stuck. Yeah. If you think of it that um, just like there are only so many hours in a day, you only have so much internal energy. Right. Yeah. You have only so many hours to think and contemplate. You only have so much emotional strength. If you spend all that being angry, then angry you will be and grudges you will hold about other people. If you can let it go, you have freed up that internal energy and that thinking time to focus on your goals and stuff you want to be and places you want to go. Uh, You can stand in the same place for a long time holding a grudge, but it's hard to stand in the same place working and improving yourself. You'll be in a better spot than than you will before. I think it was at a... Larry Elder talked about how, uh, like he hated his dad. Like they got in and he hated his dad for, I think they did speak for like 20 plus years or something like that. He was upset about him about something. I can't remember exactly what it was. Who is this? Larry Elder. And who is that for those of us? So Larry Elder is an amazing, amazing, uh, he was an attorney, uh, started his own business, uh, actually head hunting. And then he turned around, sold that business for a pretty good amount of money. Uh, got into radio talk show. He's a conservative uh, who happens to be black. And he is probably one of the biggest red pillars of Dave Rubin and uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Candace, you know, Candace, Owens. Candace Owens. Yep. Um, you know, yeah, uh, great, great guy all around. He just recently tried running for uh, governor of California. Yep. So he he talked about his relationship with his dad, you know, and he's like his dad had nothing, moved out to California, worked on the railroads, did all this stuff, you know, and, and he at some point in time, I forget what it was, like I said, he and his dad fell apart. And it wasn't until he sat down with his dad at a, it was like a restaurant somewhere. And his dad was like, he's like, what is wrong with you? You know, and his dad, he Larry Elder, for like he said for like an hour, he just spewed out everything, you know, at the table, whatnot. And his dad's like, that's it. And he was like, it was so funny because it's like, once he let all of that out and, you know, kind of reconciled with his dad, you know, you, you go through that process of forgiveness. Yeah. It was like, now he has this great relationship with his dad. I don't know if his, if he's, if his dad's still alive, I'm not, I'm not 100% certain, but he, he, he rebuilt that relationship with his dad. I saw the same thing with my dad, you know, 
Um, it wasn't by choice that he had a bad relationship with his dad, but you know, there was, there was some bad blood going on there. Um, that was more so on, on his dad's side, but at some point in time, you know, uh, you know, he, he forgave his dad and they had a good relationship going towards the end of his life. Um, it's like, you know, personally, you know, my, my birth mom, I don't call her mom, but my birth mom, uh, she basically like abandoned me to my dad when I was six. And, you know, I didn't see a birthday card. I didn't get a phone call, not a nothing until I was 60. I mean, I harbored some resentment, man. Yeah. I was out there cussing her out and this and that. I just remember my dad one day pulled me to the side and he's like, I don't ever want to hear a bad word come out of your mouth about your mom again. He's like, you don't know her. You are not old enough to make any kind of judgment call on her. He's like, you have to wait till you meet her. And, but the biggest thing was he didn't want me to hold that resentment and poison myself. Well, I did meet her when I was 16, right? She came out of the blue. I got to meet her. And after I met her, I felt sorry for her, yeah. you know, but I, the biggest thing was like, I forgave her. I had to forgive her, you know, and I still, I, I'll call her every once in a while, you know, and I'll be like, Hey, what's going on? Full calls, like five minutes, you yeah, know, yeah. she never calls me. But the thing is, is like, I, I don't hold any ill will towards her. I feel sorry for her, but I don't hold any ill will towards her. You know, I yeah, everybody has their own demons, man. To some, it might seem like a mountain, you know, and then once you retro- retrospectively look at it and ponder it and, you know, it's just, it's just a little, little hill, yep. but, mm-hmm. uh, but climbing that little hill sometimes could be, you know, a daunting task. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's not like those big relationships or those big moments. Sometimes it's like the little things like with yeah. your friends or with your wife or your family, you can see these little, little grudges, like how you clean, how you put stuff away, how you drive. There's these little battles that you try to hold something in your quivers to get ready for the next argument. I mean, that is not a relationship built on forgiveness. And it's not a good foundation for a relationship to build on. Be able to forgive your partner and forgive yourself for the mistakes you've made and you know, allowing that to to just be let go and be like, hey, we are building a life together. I'm not going to make you feel bad. I'm not going to wait to jump down your throat when you make a mistake because you made me feel bad that one time. It's a big step, but it's like it's a little thing that can build up into a mountain unless you identify it early and understand it early. And then you can get rid of those pebbles and level, level out the playground. Um, my wife and I do these uh, check-in things that we learned from a therapist where we, we hold each other's hands to each other's chest and we express our emotions and how we did throughout the day. And I'm so grateful for those check-ins with her because it, it really levels the playing field because I I can get too petty. <laughs> and it's something I want to work on about forgiving her quickly and forgiving myself quickly. That's the thing too, right? I mean, you hit on that too. It's, I think forgiveness of yourself is, is the absolute hardest thing to do. Yeah. I have done some absolute terrible things in my life. And it is really difficult to, to forgive myself for it. The biggest thing was always that I wanted to make sure I was right with God, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I begged and pleaded for forgiveness for years, you know, for certain things that I'd done. And eventually it was like, I felt that spirit telling me, it's like, you're good. You're good. You don't have to keep self-flagellate. You don't have to keep Keep dragging it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's done. It's over. He doesn't, he, it's gone. You know, then you have to go through the process of forgiving yourself, you know? Uh, And, you know, like I said, you you don't forget it, but you can't allow that to to hold you down, you know? Um, And I think you see that currently too with like people with PTSD, you know, they go through war and some of the terrible things they have to do in war. And it's like the brain is trying to process that stuff and they keep reliving it and reliving it and reliving it. And it's like, you know, you, you had to do some terrible things to keep yourself alive, but you got to forgive yourself at some point in time. You know, you have to, you have to, you have to give that up to God. Let, let him deal with that. 
and and take it off your shoulders. Somebody brought up recently, and I don't know if it was through our church or something else where they, they were talking about, you know, it's like no matter how deep you go, no matter how how lost you may feel, you know, do you think that, that Jesus Christ's light can't reach you? Is his light not that strong enough to reach you? Absolutely. He can reach you anywhere. And you have to forgive yourself no matter how far down in the depths you are, man. you got to give it up. Yeah. One of my favorite stories was a bishop talking to a young woman who said, um, you know, for the things I've done, I don't understand why he, he could love me. And I loved how he put this. And the bishop said, stare at this picture. And it's a picture of Christ. And he said, I want you to keep staring to that till we see the same thing. If I understand you saying that guy is so perfect, so loving that he wants nothing to do with you. When I look at that, I see someone so perfect and loving that no matter what you've done, he still loves you because he knows there's bigger things. Can we sit here until we see the same thing? And I think how powerful that is. I think God forgives us quicker than we forgive ourselves. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know how many people think this, but at the final judgment when we are standing in front of God, I don't think it's God keeping us out of heaven or out of his presence. It's you. <laughs> I think it's our guilt that yeah. will keep him out of our presence. Yeah. Yeah. And we may not be aware of that until we see our entire mortality and why things played out the way they are and see our morality relative to his, that we understand that level of guilt. And boy, self-forgiveness is going to be really important at that point if we want to give our chance at an opportunity to be happy. Yeah, I mean, we have a we have a mortal viewpoint, but... You know, God has has a, an eternal one. So, with that being said, thanks we take a lot, guys. a lot of time. This is a big episode. Yeah, big episode. Thanks a lot. Always good uh, being here with you guys, talking about this stuff. And um, for everybody else, thanks a lot for joining us. Please subscribe, share this podcast with your friends, family. Where um, can they find us? They can find us on Gab. They can find us on uh, YouTube, um, Rumble as well. Um, we're, we are working on some other pages as well. Uh, if you want to support us, you can find us on locals and remember to hit that smash and smash that like button. And again, share this with your friends and family. We're just trying to, you know, grow the channel and just share our thoughts with you guys and your opinions and, you know, all the, all the support and, um, uh, from you guys really helps. And we love seeing your guys' comments and we're trying to, you know, apply it in a timely fashion. Uh, but we also do lead normal lives because we are not, you know, celebrities yet. <laughs> but we will get there. God um, yeah. <laughs> but on that note, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.